billowy night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago, I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Halloween. The night he came home. Three minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along, making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. Thank you for coming by. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, it is Wednesday, and welcome to Day 12. What is it that Orson Welles says at the end of uh, War of the Worlds? Why, hello, it's Halloween. Or whatever he does, that's he does that have that old speech about if a little if a little green man with a rubber mask comes to your front door, whatever whatever it is, he ends that war of the world speech with. Okay. By the way, that played on this very radio station, the original, the War of the Worlds on Coin Radio. Fantastic on this radio station. Actually, is that back when we had an orchestra? Back in the days of Coin Orchestra, the station was in the Heatman Hotel, and apparently they got something like 500 calls from concerned listeners. Excellent. Now, is it, a, night. is it an urban uh, myth that there were suicides because of the War of the Worlds radio yeah. play? They were. There were the, the, it's, a, it's a myth or there were suicides? Well, people back suicides. east are very unstable. Yeah. They can't be trusted. No. All right. Uh, it's 503. That's so cool. I, you know, the next time, it, like, budget negotiations or contract renewals or something comes around, I'm going to demand that we have an orchestra. I mean, I'd settle for a larger snack machine, one that had, like, salads in it, but an orchestra would be nice. And they also had, they had the coin orchestra on at this time with the cuckoo club. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Was that something where dashing men about town went after a hard day's work at the office? There, there was a young man and a young lady who sat at a piano playing in the afternoon. I'll try to find it. Excellent. Uh, why, hello, it's Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is Halloween. It was either that or sweet transvestite at the top, but I went with Donald. You can never go wrong with Donald Pleasance, ladies and gentlemen. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, 
Uh, for your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your what have you. 503-733-2970. Uh, Richard Bristol, as he is known on interoffice memoranda, is standing by ready, willing, and able to pass along your comments about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, uh, the mundane, the what have you. It's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, or Tim at 970.am. All right, so we did CNN was really giving us the hard press today. They, I don't know whether they're just exceptionally proud of the programming or whether they just lined up all of this Halloween nonsense. People just decided not to take advantage of it. Because I swear to you, it's like we called up just trying to book two people, and they shoved like five more correspondents on us this morning, which is, which is fine. I mean, we're happy to talk to anybody, but it's, typically if they're doing any sort of a holiday broadcast, You'll get these things from CNN where it says, you must book nine days in advance to have the coverage of Arbor Day. Do not come complaining to us if your station is bereft of any and all coverage. Uh, so we called up today to book, what I think, like Jim Roop and, and I think Lisa Desjardins. And they, uh, and they would you like, Ed? It was like, a, it was like a car salesman trying to sell you an undercarriage coating. How about would you, Kia? Before, <laughs> totally, exactly. Before you drive out, look, look. Do you have an Ed McCarthy? Steve Kastenbach. Hello, Bob Constantini. So, coming up later on today, we will speak with uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins about... Uh, did anybody watch the Democratic debate? No, no of course not. No, too boring. No, that's exactly what it is. Here's the conclusion I've come to. I'm just going to... I'm not going to spend a lot, a lot of... about Hillary. What more do I need? That's... See, but that's exactly what it is. And it's not really about Hillary as such, about her per se. And I'm not going to drone on about this. I'll save the droning for Lisa. Because Lisa's, Lisa's sort of like a... She's the spoonful of sugar that makes my droning go down. So, we'll talk about it more when we have her on later. I just... I came to this conclusion last night because, you know, I'm kind of a political dweeb, but I, I watched about 15 seconds of it, and I just, you know, you can just feel the soft, furry undertow of sleep just dragging you underneath the surface, and I was just sort of like, Jesus, God damn, this is boring. The rest are pleasant enough, but it, it takes a fire-breathing dragon to win, and we know who the only one is. <laughs> that really is true. And as much as, like, John Edwards and Barack Obama tried to come off as hard asses, yeah. first of all, John Edwards, there's nothing intimidating about it. He looks, he, first of all, he has a bobblehead. Second of all, he's got that weird, he's got that hair. It kind of looks like he ought to be standing outside of Bob's Big Boy holding aloft a giant plate of some kind. And Barack Obama has just got that, they're trying just so hard just to make him kind of an aw shucks, you know, just American success story. You know, just a just a regular guy like you and me. Just an all-American lad. And I, by doing that, they just completely denuded him. I mean, the man is, he is effectively ballless. So he's just got a whole lot of nothing. When he, Even when he tries to attack Hillary Clinton, he's, you know what Barack Obama comes off as? Here's what he comes off as when he tries to attack uh, Hillary. It's just, it's. What is that cartoon with the um, the big dog and the little dog? And the big dog has the bowler hat and is just sort of walking down the street all silent and tough. And then the little dog is sort of jumping up and down on the big dog's back and just sort of, Yeah, Spike, whatever you say, Spike, you're the man, Spike. And the, the bulldog is saying nothing. Hillary Clinton is the bulldog. So, bulldog. That's what I meant to say. Um, you know, and Barack Obama is just kind of this uh, schnauzer. And there's just a whole lot, no, no damage, no hit points of any kind being scored there. Well, anyway, uh, so we'll talk to Bulldog. We'll talk to Lisa Desjardins later on today. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from New York City. Uh, he will be uh, covering the Greenwich Village Halloween Parade, uh, as famously sung about by Lou Reed in his 1989 uh, album, uh, New York. So we'll talk about that. Uh, what else we got coming up today? A CNN radio correspondent, James Roop. My pen just fell apart. My pen just came apart in my hand. Have you been slamming it on the counter again? Yes, yes I have. What are you trying to, are you trying right. to say? Thank you. Just 
trying to reassemble this when we're talking. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent uh, James Roop, who is in uh, Los Angeles covering uh, a couple of things. Here's a question, and I don't mean to sound—I don't mean to sound like I'm doing some bad stand-up comedy, but do you wonder how much lead the actual lead from China can have in it at this point? I mean, if we import things from from China that are actually supposed to be made out of lead, what do you suppose that the odds are they're just actually filled with pencil shavings and uh, yarn at this point? I mean, just, uh, the lead is all—it's all going into children's toys and breakfast cereal, apparently. So anyway, we'll talk to him about that, and also Robert Goulet, dead, dead, unbelievably dead. Here's the thing about Robert Goulet. I think it was I was born too late in the 20th century because I really only know Robert Goulet as a guy who had he kind of reminded me a lot of Robert Wagner and I really only know him for constantly being on television wearing a tuxedo and having a stylish Billy D Williams like mustache but the thing is I couldn't tell you what Robert Goulet does did he doesn't do much now I can tell you what he does now <laughs> Here's my impression of Robert Goulet now Thank you now Christopher Walken I, I have no idea what he did. What I mean, he was a singer of some kind, was he not, Tim? Yeah, he was uh, kind of like a Vegas lounge wizard type of singer. Was he? Nobody uh, big, but everybody knew who he was. Was he sort of like Wayne Newton? Blander. Blander than Wayne Newton. Well, Wayne Newton is sort of flamboyant. Um, well, anyway, Robert Goulet was a guy, and now he's dead. Uh, and I think that may be it. Oh, Ed McCarthy will join us today to talk about the psychological underpinnings of adults celebrating. Ugh, Halloween. All I know is that I saw a woman with insect antennae walking around in the CBS kitchen <laughs> earlier on the day. I just felt sad for us all. It's uh, 503-733-2970. That's what we got coming up today. Lisa, Steve, uh, Jim Roop, Ed. I do believe we're talking to uh, Mr. Skin later on today. Uh, we'll talk about uh, scary films only you remember seeing. And what else? Oh, top five and um, something else. Something that seemed really exciting. Wait, it'll come to me? No, I have nothing. We're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. Why, hello, and how are you today? I'm doing well. Now, I... are you feeling the second day on Wii? No, I feel good. Well, I got like 10 hours of sleep last night. Fantastic. Actually, I came right from the studio, went home, and watched nine episodes of Heroes all in a row, and went to bed. Now, you're watching the first season of Heroes. Yes. Now, see, it just goes on and on. That's, that was going to be my point. It didn't even really seem like you're enjoying it. I just feel like I have to get through it now at this point. I, I love... See, I'm still all behind Lost. I loved Lost. Every episode was like, you know, like 45 minutes long, and I could not wait to watch the next one. I lost, you know, days of sleep. You were going to be screwed by that writer's strike, by the way, because Lost apparently is the first show that it's going to hit. <sighs> so, because I guess they got like nothing in the can. They got, they're going to have like an episode and a half, and then... You know what it is? It's just going to be 90 minutes of like of, of Walt wandering around, uh, you know, like throwing stones into the sea. That's going to be. It. I figure such, but I have to say, I was more interested with the three episode, three uh, seasons I've seen of Lost, or yeah, Lost, than I am in like the first season of Heroes. Heroes is okay. It just seems so full of itself. It just seems. It's I just really, it's really hard to swallow. It's just really just kind of. It's just uh, like almost too over the top for me. You have this look on your face like someone is trying to force feed you a bowl of rotten guacamole. <laughs> I mean, it... no, I do like it. I, I feel like I should like it because I know so many people I respect Bingo. that who just think it's the most brilliant thing yeah, in the world. Seamus. <laughs> 
Uh, and, uh, well, everybody's giving me the full like use it. He Seamus gives me these. I know I've been using the word snarky a lot lately, but really, there's no no word for it. The message board lately has been a whole lot of like I can't. But Rick is a retard because he hasn't watched Lost or uh, not Lost, but Heroes rather. Um, and so because well, as soon as I watched Battlestar, I was all about that. I gotta figure out something new to watch. And everybody, I feel like I have to watch it now just to get these jackals away from my mm. heels. See, so. Lost is an interesting concept to me because it's kind of working toward a goal that you don't really know exactly what's going on, where you don't really know what the thing is totally. that they're all trying to escape or figure out. With the heroes, it's just kind of like, okay, there's paintings of this thing that's going to happen to the city, and you've got to try and stop it with your superhero powers that you're trying to find out, which is which is kind of an interesting concept, but it gets a little, yeah. Yeah, the thing about it, the, the, I will give Lost this, and I will at some point go back and I'll watch the rest of Lost. I'll catch up on it, because i got to say, that cliffhanger that they did last season, where they do the flash forward, mm-hmm. is, I mean, that's, I mean, okay, I'm sold. That's enough to get me to go back. But it's like, with heroes, I mean... I, I guess my whole thing is, and maybe I'm just too jaded as a film goer or as a television watcher or whatever. It's called Heroes. Of course the good guys will win. Of course the world will be saved. And of course evil will be defeated. I think that's why I found like the last Superman film so hard to enjoy. Because he's impervious. What could possibly happen to him? Nothing. And so therefore there was just like no dramatic tension whatsoever. And it's on network television, so I'm automatically biased against well, it. The interesting thing about Heroes, though, is actually there is someone out, because um, the guy Siler's out killing Heroes. Because he thinks that he, cause if he kills them, he can take their, he can take their power. Right. So actually, people do die in it. Okay. It's well, not that's, just them losing, well, you know, it's not them conquering all. all right. But the save the cheerleader, save the world thing is just really annoying. Yeah, see, I don't even know what that's about. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really out of the loop. I don't know. So I'd say, I'd still say, go watch Lost. But anyway, yes, it was entertaining. I watched TV for nine hours and then okay. went to bed gotcha. yesterday. Excellent. You're a good person. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. Adult movie theater cross-dressing, hustler cruising, middle-of-the-night motel canoodling, begging for unprotected sex. Republican Representative Richard Curtis of La Center says, I'm not gay. <laughs> he just prefers trips over treats. A Toronto man is tasered in the eye. An actor gets nearly four years in the slammer following a DWI crash. He killed a kid. Slammer. One of the California wildfires is started by a bad boy with matches. Uh, Toys R Us Halloween teeth that recall due to lead. Of course they are. Public apathy killed Robert Goulet. No one would give him a lung. <laughs> We're all going to hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. Is that it? Fantastic. From your inflection, I couldn't tell if there was one more coming or not. You never know. All right. You know what I should have brought in today? I don't know if I ever did this. I, I should have brought in that deed I have for that square foot of Hell, Michigan, which I own. Oh. It was part of a record company promotion years ago, back when you could just take things freely from the record company. Uh, Columbia Records uh, promoting, the, uh, promoting, promoting the Dangerous Toys album, Hellacious Acres. They were giving away square feet of acreage in Hell, Michigan. Uh, I've got it. I think it's in my basement somewhere. Don't uh, you have a piece of Hell? Yeah, it's, it's somewhere. It's, well, I don't own the actual. It's like just a deed to it. The Columbia. Columbia Records bought like half an acre of it or something for like $9, and then they gave it away to, to, to the radio stations that would play this record, uh, which I'm sure was legal at the time. I would never do that kind of thing now. So, so have you heard, I know this is kind of off the subject, but have you um, seen the uh, new Batman website? Uh, well, I've only seen uh, that poster that Aaron sent us. They released another thing today. It's one of those interactive websites where uh-huh. they're um, trying to hype up the show, and you have to find certain clues in different cities, and one of the cities is Portland. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, now, is this a thing where you have to go find physical clues out there somewhere on the street? I believe it's a physical clue. Because, um, you know, that screwed them with that Moonanite thing uh, the, the earlier this year, for the, you know, the, the adult swim thing. Well, it seems like a lot of people have already found them all across the country. Well, what, but what, I mean, what is it? What is it? What do you have to find? So here it says, 
says, hey, clowns, ready to do what you're told? First, don't start before daylight with police force that's corrupt. It's not safe to be out at night in any way. You won't be able to see the things you want to find anyway. Follow my directions to the letter and send the photos of what you find. I'll make it worth your while, I promise. Okay. And it actually looks that's like... That's pretty badass. Yeah, and one of the cities, so they pick random cities all around the country, and one of them is uh, in Portland. It looks like it's referencing somewhere near Voodoo Donuts. Okay. I'm all over that. All right. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure somebody will let us know about that later. Oh, we have Robert Goulet calls, as I knew we would. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. This is Kara. Why, hello, Kara. How, how, did, I know that, uh, how did I know that one of our a handful of uh, resonant theater nerds, no disrespect, would call about Robert Goulet? Please to inform me. So why do I know who he is? Because in 1960, he was cast as Lancelot in the Broadway production of Camelot with Julie Andrews and uh, the dead guy that was married to uh, uh, Richard Burton. The dead guy who was married to Richard Burton. No, oh, Richard no. Burton. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Richard. Yeah, married to what's her name? Big, All right. Fat, nasty, and rotting. Okay. So um, did he do? So did he do anything of note after Camelot, or did he just sort of? Did he just sort of prance around wearing a boutonniere? He did a lot of other Broadway stuff. He's got a really good voice. Um, however, I saw him in a production of Camelot. He was singing the King back in the early '90s, and. We, I went back, stay, or, or back to the back door after the show to you know, get his autograph, and oh my God, it's Robert Goulet. He comes out with this massive cigar, and he signs my program and grabs my ass. <laughs> That's pretty great, actually, because you look at that guy, and he sort of does have that great sort of quintessential 70s, like sleazy, but a sort of compelling kind of way, ass-grabbing kind of elan about Totally. Him. I was 20, Wonderful. and I was like, oh, my God. And my dad is like three feet away, and I'm, I'm horrified because this, this nasty old man touched my ass in front of my dad. And I look over, and my dad's cracking up. It's one of those things where you just got to get, you have the uh, you have his fingerprints. It's called, it's called Pump the Magic Dragon. The you guys that? know that, Jim? I guess it's Robert Goulet. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Kara. All right. I don't know what was going on there. All right. That's Kara. I was in the middle of a joke there, but I don't know what it was. Let's assume it was going to be really funny. Uh, Genius. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Um, yeah, I guess it's safe to say uh, Robert Goulet won't be messing with your stuff anymore. Okay. That is funny. Thank you. Now, is that mm-hmm. the extent of your call, sir? Yes. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank now. you. Hi, right. uh, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How are you doing? What's up? Hey, uh, Robert Goulet. Uh, you know, he was the original Lancelot. Yeah, no, yeah. Somebody said, and see, I've never seen Camelot. I know that makes me a bad American or whatever. Well, but I just, it was yeah. the one. With, it was the original, you know, with Richard Burton and Julianne sure. and all of that. But he was probably most famous for to us Americans as the Canadian who forgot the words to the Star Spangled Banner. When did that happen? Oh, yes, because that's because that's an such a small exclusive club of people. That is, yeah, limited I mean, only to those who've ever tried to sing it. When did that happen? Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. It was in the 70s. It was for uh, a major sporting event, but really? I can't remember which one it was. We but should I'm do sorry. a whole collage someday of just people who've completely mangled the Star Spangled <laughs> Banner because it it really is. Hillary Clinton's done it. Ozzy's done it. Roseanne has done it. Leslie Nielsen did it. So yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, you could probably Google it and find it. I'm yeah. sure you could. Excellent. So. Thank you, sir. All right, I appreciate it. There you go, Robert Goulet. Who knew there was so much to know about Robert Goulet? Goulet is an unpleasant sort of word. I kind of like it. It has a flow to it. I guess. Goulet sort of sounds like a... It sounds like some sort of a cream condiment that you would have. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I'll have... uh, I would just like a... I I would just like some binoche with a side of Goulet. 
All right. It's 503. Really? Are these he calls? He has some French-Canadian descent. Well, he looks French. Are these calls all about Robert Goulet? You bet. All right, hot. Let's get this done now. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Let's get this done once and for all. Uh, I don't know if anybody mentioned it yet, but Will Ferrell did, did a pretty funny uh, Robert Goulet thing. It was just this just random, drunken, like he literally drives... I, I'm not sure if it's, it must have been SNL, and it was, uh, it was a while back, obviously, now, but uh, he, he drives on to the stage in this convertible car, and it's just this big, ridiculous, grandiose, bloated version of uh, Robert Goulet, and you can you probably easily YouTube it, uh, but just, you know, Will Ferrell, uh, Robert Goulet thing, it's freaking hilarious, but you can get a pretty good taste of who Robert Goulet is by watching that. You know, the great thing is, Will Ferrell, as much as I wasn't a fan of his, I really did come around uh, on Will Ferrell over the years, because he would do these sort of strange impressions that nobody would do like he did this great James Lipton who's the guy who hosts Inside the Actor yeah. Studio and I mean James Lipton who got, don't God love him and I love Inside the Actor Studio I really do but he is just the most pompous man on earth and it, I, he was actually on Dennis Miller the other day he was on for a whole hour and it was like listening to an encyclopedia drone on in a superior tone for 45 minutes um, the, the, I, the, there was actually a great it was either on SNL or Inside the Actor Studio where w Will Ferrell actually came on and as James Lipton yes. and talked to James Lipton. And it was all, like, very strange. It was like that whole thing where Dana Carvey came on the weekend update as Dennis Miller. All right. Uh, yeah, or, yeah, or, or Rift uh, uh, GW1 as uh, GW1. Yeah, it's, it's all very creepy. All right, thank you. Right on. All right, uh, okay, I think we may be at the end of the particular, uh, this Robert Goulet. Sort of, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick and Sarah. How you guys doing? Hey. Bye. Hey, uh, I was wondering, have you guys ever heard of that band, uh, Captain Bog and Salty? Uh, are they that? No, I'm thinking of Pirate Jenny. No, who are they? Uh, they're the ones, uh, you know, they're, they're the, the pirate band that you, they play libraries for, like, the little kids and stuff. Oh, I have heard of those guys. Yes, yes, well, I have. i never seen them, but I heard them. Well, I found out a very fascinating fact about that band yesterday. I, I thought you would appreciate it. This isn't going to involve one of the members being locked up or something, stomach-turning. No, 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 it's okay. better than that. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, I'm sure you're very familiar with the movie Stand By Me. Yes. Well, the lead singer of that band is Lardass. No. Yes. Really? Yes. Lardass Hogan? Yep. Go, go to uh, IMDb and you know, look, at, look up Lardass Hogan, and then it's like the first thing in the trivia it says played... Or is currently lead singer of the band Captain Bog. And it, yeah, and it's like it's like a pirate band for kids, and they go to schools and crap. Do they sing about learning, or do they just sing about pirating? No, that's like they have one song. It's like called Scurvy. It's like you know, there's scurvy on a pirate ship that'll rot your bones. But here's a little tip: eat a lime or something I see. like that. So it's the pirating some knowledge. Yeah. Yes. All right. Excellent. Lardass Hogan. Who knew? Are they? Wait. Are they a Portland band? Yes. So wait, does that mean that Lardass Hogan from Stand By Me, and I'm sure he never gets tired of being called that, does that mean that he lives here in Portland? I mean, I would imagine. Ha okay, that's fantastic. Him and him and Bruce Campbell all in the same state. And, all right. and uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, I know. You know, I don't mean to sound morbid, but every about every three months, somebody tells us that Rowdy Roddy Piper is either dead or about to die. And we've been told that for about three years now. Is he not dead? A terrible thing. No, no I thought that he was. You can't kill Roddy Roddy. Oh, jeez. No, well, what, no, we you heard, heard that people bring it up every now and then. Every, and I'm not, I don't even know if it was ever mind. true. We just hear this, like, you know, he, uh, yeah, he's on his deathbed. Or sometimes, you know, he died. He had cancer. But, uh, now, is that, do we know that that's true? I don't mean, it's not my business, I suppose, yeah. but I mean, I just, I would hate to, uh, to think that that would somehow go unnoticed. Yeah, he, he, uh, he definitely had, had cancer. Um, I, you know, I, 
here's as much of a geek as I am. I, I, I just got done look, looking him up on Wikipedia. Like, of course. Or not Wikipedia. Yeah, it was Wikipedia because I was, I was curious if he had died of the cancer. And I was like, last <laughs> week. And, Sorry. Uh, what a sad, what a sad re- reflection on somebody's level of celebrity. I was just going to Wikipedia you to see if you were still alive. Yeah. Uh, well, but he, he is, he does alive. live. He does live. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. All right, you know, we had that guy in the show one time on the phone. We never got him in the studio, though, sadly. I think Marconi's had him on. Uh, people just keep calling. I don't I don't know why. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. I guess it's a talk show. Hey. Hey, Rick. What's up? Uh, this is Dave up here in the Cove. Yes. Hey, Dexter. You want Dexter. A, new show, a new show to get... Oh, uh, uh, see, this is how it begins. I mentioned that I need a new show to watch, and suddenly everybody comes out of the woodwork. This is, yeah, this is the serial killer who kills other serial killers. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, actually, he kills bad guys. Well, we're always told here at CBS, it, I won't say ordered, but we do receive strongly worded emails here at CBS uh, about how we ought to be watching Dexter. If only that were possible. If only I had Showtime, which I don't. So, is well, it worth no. renting? Yeah, I can fix you up. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that CBS would appreciate that. Can you please give me a pirated copy of Dexter? Oh, no, 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 not a pirated copy. No, of course not. But, uh, you know, no, you'll lend me a copy. Uh, yeah, actually. We'll, you'll share a copy with me. You know, in exchange for information. Would you say that it's, um, would you... It has a certain je ne sais quoi. Are you, uh-huh, are you in fact offering to give me pirated DVDs in return for drugs, sir? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Great call. Best call of the day so far. Thank you, my friend. That's wonderful. Let's send that right to Let's Moon Vets. Okay. I got three calls here. We don't have time to do them all, probably, but here's what we've got, Sarah. Uh-huh. Guy wants to talk about food. No further description. Guy wants to talk about Keith Richards. No further description. Guy wants to talk about a lard ass. No, food, no further description. Hey, so I've been looking at this Batman thing. So there's a letter in each city, and then the order in which the cities are, it's spelling out a message. Really? Mm-hmm. You're just going to obsess about this all day, aren't you? Well, a lot of people have already figured it out. Um, I don't know. Food, Keith Richards, Lardass. Lardass. All right, then we'll get the, then we'll do one of the other ones. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? Uh, real quick on the Lardass thing. Uh, now, I, I, yes. I remember this distinctly. I went to a summer camp here in Oregon called Camp Howard. Um, and it was all over the camp when I was there. This was about fifth grade. That uh, one of our counselors, whose name at the camp was Walrus, uh-huh. and it was actually the actor Lardass from uh, Stand By Me. And they, everyone was sure about it. Other counselors told us about it. But um, so I have always been under the notion that uh, Lardass was one time a camp counselor named Walrus. Now, did, did you know that this was true, or was it just a, a sort of a myth? Well, it was it was it was it was stated as fact at the at the at the uh, at the camp but, by uh, by a kid who also told you that gum stayed in your stomach for seven years. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, kids and uh, other counselors that were there. Interesting. All right. So, and and it was Camp Howard. Correct. Maybe somebody will br- maybe somebody will break that down for us. That's because that's what I want to find out if that was just some you know false memory if that's actually true. I actually do like to sort of clear up lingering mysteries that people have from their childhood. We can do that on the show occasionally. I always like that's, to do that. That's that's what I'm hoping to do because this show does that often. Thank you, sir. Well, we'll look into it. All right, later. Smart ass Camp Howard. Okay, we'll finish these, then we got a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello, Mr. Emerson. How are you doing? What's up? Well, I was going to trade you pirated DVDs for chocolate, but somebody already stole that thunder. Yes. Actually, um, Rowdy Roddy Piper's fine, but uh, Keith Richard is still dead, I think, is the situation. Wait, hold, hold on. So Keith Richards, he's still dead, you say? Yes. All right. 
Thank you. I always wanted to get that sound effect. Wonderful. Thanks, sir. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Bye. Oh, life goals. Final call. It's good to have dreams. Final call, then we're breaking. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, guys. What's hey, up? i got a, a fried food alert. Okay. Um, I don't, I've never seen it before. What do you think would be a really hard thing to deep fry that's not frozen? Um, dirt. Cheesecake. Cheesecake? Mm. Yeah. Uh. Where? Arby's. Of course. Yeah. Arby's deep fry. Is it real cheese? Is it on a stick? I know. It's little bites, and it looks like it has crust on the bottom, cheesecake in the middle, and then deep fried for... for uh, okay, that know. sounds like it might be kind of awesome. Now with extra crust. Yeah. What is it deep fried in? Like, I they rolled it in the crumbs? same thing with the potatoes and everything else that they fry there. <laughs> in deep fried cow juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so this, is this at every Arby's? I don't know? know. It says limited time offer at participating locations. All right. Deep fried cheesecake at Arby's. Yeah, so go there and become a lard I think I might actually... <laughs> It's done and done. Thank you. I might actually look at it. There you go. That's our friend Rob. All right. Fantastic. Uh, well, I don't have any time to make these other observations. They were going to be really great, but we have to move on. We'll get. I have this observation to make about um, the, the, the guy we were talking about pirates. He made me. I, I have a thing about. Well, I'll get to this later. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. We'll try to solve this mystery of Lardass and Howard and Camp Howard and whatever. It's 503-733-2970. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up in just a few, we'll talk to Lisa, Jim, Steve, Ed, uh, all on the way from CNN, Tim Riley's new news hour, and so forth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson. Washing gloves. That's and the fantastic. wig and like did all of the makeup and stuff. So I dressed as a man, dressed as a woman, dressed Excellent. as a cleaning lady. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. It's 503-733-2970. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, all right. What the hell are we uh, doing here? Okay. Let me just read a couple of these emails. And I think at some point. No, you know what's happening. I'm looking at the clock now. Somebody, her name r- r- rhymes with uh, Risa Razor Ran is... Uh, is late calling us, and so here's what's going to happen. She's going to call late. We're going to take the call. Uh, it's going to run a little long, and then Jim Roop, as he often does, is going to call early, and then there's going to be that weird, like... Well, should we have Richie call? Yeah, that buzzing sound on the other line. Uh, he, that might be a good idea. Does he know how to do that? You might have to go... Uh, okay, yeah. You mm-hmm. might have to go over that with him. Uh, I don't, actually. Okay. 
Hey, Richie Bristol, if you could enter the uh, studio, that would be uh, fantastic. It's uh, 503-7. It, I'll just go ahead and uh, just take whatever these calls are. It's just unscreened. So, all right. It's 503-733-2970. Rick, the reason you know Robert Goulet is because he guest star. I've developed a slur sometime in the last couple of minutes. The reason you've, uh, you know Robert Goulet is because he guest starred on the Simpsons episode where Bart opened a casino in a treehouse. I do remember that. Uh, let's see also this. Uh, Rick, I was in the band Pirate Jenny, and I am, quote, involved with Captain Bog and Salty. I'm trying to confirm all this information about Lardass as we speak, by the way, best show ever. So, now, somebody else just said this. Rick, Lardass, or Andy, as I knew him, just moved to New York City last month, but he has lived in Portland his entire life. Thought you would like to know. Uh, and then finally, Rick, oh, and then this is, oh, this is something else. Uh, okay, so the, the Lardass thing, and we have... I probably shouldn't say from who. So somebody did give us verification that they, too, at their camp, uh, heard the story that Lardass was a camp counselor. So we're not entirely sure about it. We'll have to, uh, we'll try to sure. verify I know. it. Well, I know it was Squid. Squid, right? Yeah, and Squid knows what he's talking about. I'm not saying that he that he wasn't told that. I'm just saying I want to find I mean, it might want to be one That's of those things true. that every kid told every other kid. You know, that guy. it's like how there was this one guy that would rent his videos when I was growing up, and he was missing an eye and only had a handful of his teeth. And we always heard that he had done a lot of time in jail for killing a whole bunch of people and putting them in the trunk of a car. Everybody had heard exactly the same story about this guy, but to this day I have no idea whether or not said story is true. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Gooley. <laughs> Hey Rick. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yes. Is that, that was from the that was from the Will Ferrell thing. Sorry. All right. Just I didn't know if you were doing that. See, I didn't know if you were doing like a recola kind of a thing going on. All right. What's what's up, sir? Hey. Well, uh, you know what? I've got my old VHS copy of Rocky Horror Picture Show that I'm willing to uh, drop off at the station and donate for a free giveaway today or something today if you want. So, is it soiled in any way, sir? No. I'm just well. Look, I'm just I'm just saying. One never knows. A VHS. I don't even really know who has a VCR and you know, anymore. I was just kind of. I was just thinking about that. The only copy I do have of Rocky Horror is VHS. Do you have a VCR? I have a VCR, but I don't know what I did with it. See, that's it. somebody was the other day was dropping off a VHS tape. It's like you should you gotta watch this. I'm like, where? In my in my Wayback Machine that Professor Farnsworth has invented. I don't have a VCR at my house. I think uh, I think there might be one up here in the conference room, but I'm not even really sure that it works. So yeah, all yeah, right. I've had, um, like uh, I've, I've had one of those players that's the dual player. Like I, I went with one of those a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, and, how do you uh, feel about that investment? Well, I like it. I mean, you know, you know, because I, you know, every once in a while I just feel nostalgic and bust out one of my old VHS movies. See, I the, in the early days of the DVD, like when I got my first DVD burner, I spent about three weeks uh, every night uh, at my house. This is how much of a loser I am, transferring all of my VHS tapes to DVD, like the Did ones you have that a I DVD wanted to keep. DVD or TiVo DVD? Yeah, DVD well, my team, my TiVo has a DVD burner in it. So as soon as I got that, uh, like I have this great Abby Hoffman movie. Uh, it's a made-for-HBO film called Conspiracy about the trial of the Chicago Seven, which has never been put out on DVD, I don't think. And so the first thing I did was, you know, like it's like my copy of Heavy Metal Parking Lot. You know, it all goes on DVD. Uh, it, it, yeah. Um, if you drop it off, Can I'm I break gonna, it down. Well, sure, why not? What the hell? I mean, right. Somebody's got a VHS. That's true. Yeah. Thank, thank, all right, okay. I'll contribute. All right, all thanks. Right. Okay. Who am I to turn away a copy of Rocking Thor Picture Show? There you go. On VHS. But no one has asked for. Here's Lisa. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, joining us on Halloween from the Hill. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hey, happy Halloween, guys. Happy and Halloween. the same to you. Hey. Uh, do they have you? I noticed, by the way, you are the only name on the CNN prep sheet not being saddled with some weird Halloween-specific <laughs> story. 
That was the brilliance of my honeymoon plan. Really, it's like everybody. I mean, even poor Dick Giuliano, who I mean, really, and this is no disrespect <laughs> to anybody else, but Dick Giuliano is the one guy there who just seems like an absolutely stone cold old school journalist. Yeah. And they've got him covering something like you know. Like, you know, what flavor Twizzler is the most popular this year among children? I mean, it just, it's just ridiculous. You know, I will say for Dick Giuliano, he actually does good with the feet. He actually can have a lot more fun than you'd expect. But he, he definitely, his bread and butter, he is the old school, uh, high-quality journalist. The great, the, thing, the great thing about talking to Dick Giuliano, and I don't mean this as a knock on him, is that I almost don't have to be here. It's like I will just say, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, now talking to us about, uh, you know, blah, 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 House resolution, blah, blah, blah. Dick Giuliano. And he comes up, well, that's right, Rick. And let me tell you, the ap atmosphere on the Capitol is intense today as debate continues to rage about, you know, and it's like, I can just leave the room. Right. Uh, One of those reporters, you almost don't think there's a real person saying those words. Like somehow it's it's some recording somewhere. But he he is he's smooth and he's he's good. He's good with the hard news. Talking to Dick Giuliano is like talking to a, mil a really mellow version of Ted Nugent. Because with Ted Nugent, it's the same thing. <laughs> I've interviewed that guy three times, and every time you just go, "Hey, Ted, how are you today?" Let me tell you, brother. And then he just and he just runs. And about nine minutes later, he's done, and you're just sitting there, sort of sweaty. So. <laughs> In any event. Uh, exactly. Hey, let's, so are you talking at all about the debate last night? Am I, uh, I can't talk about the debate. I mean, I don't, sure. mean to, I don't mean to throw something unexpected at you, Three. but I, I figured you were probably up to speed on it. Um, yeah. And then, and then we can talk about, I mean, if we really want to talk about Nancy Pelosi and her take on Chinese-made toys, I mean, the... It, I just don't understand if there's something coming out of China that doesn't have lead in it. I made this sort of bad joke earlier on. I made this this terrible joke early on that if we were to actually buy lead from China at this point, it may just be made out of string because they're putting all the lead into children's toys. So right, this lead is actually their water. Yeah, I, I mean, really, right. have we considered the possibility that... that, uh, that I, I don't even know. I, I, I guess I don't even really know where I was going with that. I just don't understand... Have we considered the possibility that maybe there's just too much lead in China, and so they're just smuggling it out the way Andy Dufresne was smuggling his prison wall out right. in the front yard? <laughs> Slowly deflating their lead content. Really? I mean, that's country. what it is. Where should we hide it? Let's hide it in Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, anyway, th so this debate last night is notable to me for – tell me if you get the same sense. Okay. that That Hillary is just – she's just Teflon. I mean – she is just this huge, immobile, immovable object. And, I mean, just everything bounces off of her. And, I mean, the men around her uh, in the Democratic Party who are competing with her for the nomination are just such eunuchs that there's just – they try to take shots at her. And I don't mean – I don't mean to be, to be personally be slighting anybody, but they try to – I mean, let's just be honest. They try to man up with her, and she is just so much more man than any of them that it just that, that, that their criticisms don't even phase her, and they make no impact on the American consciousness. You know, I think one thing she has going for her, she she is very good on stage. She's very careful, and she but she you know, but she can come across as though she's saying something substantive, and, and sometimes she does uh, with without putting herself at risk, and and that is why she, she, like you say, she's Teflon. But I think she also benefits from the fact that Americans kind of don't want to care about these things at this point. They haven't. There's not a, these Democrats aren't giving them a lot of reason to come in, uh, and even if some Democrats. Let's 
let's say, uh, John Edwards, his big point last night was, is Hillary Clinton electable in the national election? It, Republicans are just dying to go after her here. Maybe she's not the best candidate for Democrats. Well, you know, he, ma he made that point well, but I think that's not something that Americans really want to pay attention to right now. Uh, Democrats have Pick their pick their girl. It's like it's like being uh, number one in the college football poll in the middle of the season. If the rest of your schedule is pretty easy, you're in good shape. And you're right; these Democrats have not made it too hard. Though I think John Edwards tried. Uh, I think he put forth probably a better attack than uh, Obama last night. Though Obama was, uh, you know, trying from all kinds of angles to get at Hillary. And you're right; nothing phased her. The only I think trip up for Hillary was the question about the driver's licenses for illegal immigrants. Well, she just wouldn't answer it. Where she, and at first she seemed to be supporting the idea. She was clearly supporting New York's governor, uh, and it sounded like she thought the idea was okay, though as she said, it wasn't the best idea. Uh, she was parsing her words there, and then in the end, she, she backed off a little and said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, she, she did not give a definitive support to it. So you're right, but I think people smelled a little bit of an opening there. And I will say this, I also think, and I'm not saying that this is any sort of conspiracy, but I do believe, and I've made this observation before, that as human culture advances here in the West, I do believe that our particular advancement, if you want to call it that, comes in the form of just billions of cable channels. And I think as the television pool is diluted down and down and down and down by the fact that, there, you know, you have infinite choices on television. Sarah went home last night and just watched nine hours of Heroes on DVD. <laughs> i got to tell you right now, I work in a building. Here's CBS Radio Portland. few hundred people work in this building. I would bet you that fewer than ten people in this building watched the debate last night. And of the ten, I would bet you that five maybe watched it all the way through. That's just a gut guess. But, I mean, in order for John Edwards or Obama or any of them for their attacks to have any merit, somebody has to see it. You know what I mean? That's right. That's somebody right. has to see it. And you know what? No one's watching. Just yeah. no one is watching. And that helps Hillary out a lot. It that does. helps her out tremendously. It does. All but right. we'll see. You know, this reminds this is a very uh, a random tangent. I was going to say, I work in the Capitol, and I, I really think maybe 20% over here watch the debate, which is even sadder because this is the center of politics. But uh, what I actually was watching, and then I TiVo'd the debate, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on, is uh, Showtime's Dexter. Have you ever have you talked okay. about this series? All right, seriously, I guess I have to watch it then because really, no fooling. You are the third person in the last half an hour for no readily apparent reason <laughs> to call up, and it's been happening steadily over the past couple of weeks. You are the third person in the last thirty minutes. That means we are averaging one unsolicited call every ten minutes today about Dexter. <laughs> That's bizarre. I, I almost want to retract my comments now. No, it's. I mean, it's it, mainstream. It, it, I'm always looking for I'm always looking for for something that's interesting, uh, but uh, apparently that show is I mean I just didn't not that I heard bad things about it I never really thought about it one way or the other. So. It's good stuff. I mean, sometimes you can see where there are a few little holes in the writing, where they get a little carried away. But in general, it's very good stuff. It's, All right. it's bizarre. It's a very bizarre but good show. Because i got to tell you, cause I'm going to be finishing Battlestar Galactica Season 3 soon, and then I'm going to need something else to watch. So. All right, we'll see if you can come in mid-season on this, but it, I think it's good stuff. Is it out on DVD, the first season? 
I don't know that it is. I, I haven't right. seen it. I'd well, be surprised. It just just ended the first season. Well, I'm sure it's. A, well, I do work for CBS, and I as I'm hey. saying, we well we do get these emails uh, constantly from CBS corporate to all of us here, not actually ordering, but really sort of demanding, kind of politely, that we watch it. Uh, so I guess maybe they're, they're really pinning a lot of hopes on it because uh, they, they, you know, because Showtime is part of the vast, you know, the sort of weird tentacled empire, I guess, here somehow. And, and so they, you really need to be wa- – we encourage all CBS radio employees to be watching and talking about Dexter. So. <laughs> that's, a, that's, uh, when, that's just like when newspapers first required their staffers to subscribe. <laughs> e- exactly. That's exactly. And all your family is. members, Ex- too. Everyone you know. All right. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Big plans for Halloween? Um, no, you know, it's just first, first night, uh, first night with, at the new house, so, you know, it's a teeny little row house, but uh, I'm excited to see what the kids turn up. I goofed up, I was all tired when I bought the candy, so I bought one of the cheesy little, you know, snackers, and I, I gotta go back at it. I think I wanna get, I'm gonna get the full size bars. Well, let's hope your home wasn't built on an Indian burial ground mental asylum. <laughs> exactly, and I hope the same for both of you. Alright, thank you, Lisa. So I live in an apartment with like a bunch of different doorbells. Do you think if I just put like duct tape over my doorbell, then nobody will? Are you going to be at home tonight? I don't think so. No, no, I'm not going to be. What does it matter? Well, I don't want them ringing it because Muppet's going to go just crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, you could just put up one of those like no candy, stay away signs or something. One of those, you know, child hater lives here. I know. I'm like, I can't put no candy, stay away. Well, don't they have the child molester signs? Yeah, but I, yeah, that's really what you that's want to put up. That's probably not what I should put up. Uh, especially because you live in, a, in an apartment with other people. The uh, Well, don't you have a porch light? Yes. Well, turn the porch light off. That's the universal symbol for no candy. But then I can't see when I get home. It's really dark out. Do you live in a mine shaft? Well, yeah, actually. Okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Um, it, well, is there one doorbell for the whole place? No, they're uh, a bunch of different doorbells. Are the doorbells next to each other? Yes, they're all in a row. We'll just put a little sign under your, like, not home. Okay. No, I guess I guess maybe that. you don't want to put that for burglars, though. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, I can be home all evening. Well, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, I'll pretend that the doorbell's broken, and I'll just put duct tape over it that looks a little dirty. Well, maybe do that. Or just, yeah, or, yeah duct, pardon me, duct tape, just cover it up. You know, over the whole thing, the switch and everything. Just mm-hmm. co- cover the entire door doorbell apparatus. That seems like a good idea. Okay. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, well, so let me do this here really quickly. Um, let me get one more of these calls, and we'll talk to Jim Rupp. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, sir. Hi. Hey. I was just calling to say that Andy, Andy. Yeah. had been a camp counselor at Camp Westland, which is just north of Lincoln City. And then up until just a few years ago, I think he was the head of some outdoor school camp. Now, what camp is this? Because somebody earlier was saying it was Camp Howard. He might have. Camp Howard, I think, was the outdoor school. It's all, there's variations on the same story. Oh, this no, Squid Tim, yeah, went to Camp Howard. The same thing. Okay, so what's, what, what's, what camp did you hear that he was at? He was at West Wind. I used to be a caretaker there, and he was a camp counselor there. West Wind? Yeah, which is just north of Lincoln City. It used right. to be a YWCA camp. Interesting. All right, maybe he's mm-hmm. making, maybe he made the whole tour. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he started at one and then went to another. This, see, the thing is, that as you get these details that are sort of similar but different, that's what gives it the smell of urban legend, that there are variations on the same theme, but no two stories really are the same. So, see, all right, I'm trying to track it down. Giant and best show ever. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thanks. I feel so bad for that guy. Uh, but if he did move to New York, I'm kind of glad, actually, he's not here to... I mean, because I know we're probably the first people to make a lard-ass joke in his And he has no picture on Stand By Me on uh, IMDb. Really? 
Yeah. Well, what are they going to do? A big picture of him spewing on that girl? Hi, uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio Correspondent to the Stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. Lane Garrison's going to prison. Is that true, really? Yeah. Excellent. Three years, four months. Good for him. Wow. And well, that's what you get for what he was uh, drunk and with a bunch of underage uh, what's nuts, right? And high. Yeah. And high. Was and he high, high too? Cocaine also, yeah. Um, although I got to tell you, man, he, I, I honestly believe that he is really sorry. <laughs> oh no, I well because you know I mean, what? And, and not just because he's got to go to prison. I think he's resigned to that. He did ask the judge if he could spend his term at a fire camp. Um, the judge right. says yeah, he'd rather him go to a prison that has an intense alcohol and drug rehab center. Yeah. But you know he's he's gonna, I think he's going to let him do that. Um, but man, I, I think he's resigned to, the, to that. I really believe that he that he means it when he says he knows he can never bring back this kid, this uh, Vahan Setian. His life is completely changed because of it. He is he says he lives with this remorse and his genuine remorse. Every day, and I got to tell you, sitting there watching him, that's no act. You believe a legitimate I, showing I be- of remorse? I believe because I believe he's not that big a star that he thinks he's above anything. Right. Well, and I really think he's going. I can't believe how stupid I was. Yeah, seriously, I cannot you know? believe how I effed myself. Oh man, but uh, but I think he's really concerned with this other family. I think I think when he gets out of jail in three years. Uh, I think you're going to see him do some nice things for these people. Well, I mean, you know, and uh, one hates to use the phrase silver lining in a case where somebody got killed. But, I mean, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, it would be nice, not that like, I'm some big moral arbiter, but it would be nice at least for once to see some Hollywood type actually come out of it with a legitimate sense of purpose and remorse. Yeah. You know, as opposed to like Vince Neil or whoever it was from Motley Crue who served like 30 days and then immediately went back to shooting heroin into his eyeball <laughs> or whatever. So, um, well, I mean, I guess. I mean, I thought, I, honestly, that's the first time I ever felt bad for an actor. First time. <laughs> that is notable. Well, bad for him, good for him, I guess. Yeah. I guess that is the uh, the bad news, good news thing. Well, all right. Well, I guess we'll. I, when is he eligible to get out? Uh, you know, I didn't ask that question. So it's, what, three and a half years? So he could be out in, what, a year uh, and a half, maybe? It's manslaughter, yeah, 18 months, maybe. Well, I mean, if, if, if you... 18 months, he's eligible. I mean, the judge sees, uh, you know, scumbags all the time, just like you do, so who knows? Maybe the judge saw that he legitimately felt like he was, uh, you know, had, had, I don't know, decided, you know, felt remorse or whatever, so maybe they'll, uh, I don't know, maybe he'll catch a break in a couple years. So. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. Uh, Robert Goulet catching no breaks anymore. Oh, Robert uh, Goulet dead. Bummer. Yeah. So what is it? He was waiting for a lung transplant? Yeah, I guess he was uh, He was diagnosed a few months back with uh, this rare form of lung fibrosis or yeah. something. I didn't even know you could get a lung transplant. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, just, I guess now that I think about it, let me ask you this. I, know, I, I, I mean, I know kids with cystic fibrosis that gets... Uh, that have have gotten lung transplant. See, I guess maybe you just don't ever really hear about that. I guess maybe that's one of those. Uh, I guess it makes sense now that I think about it. You hear about kidney transplants and liver transplants, and now you could transplant anything except intelligence. I, if only they could, Jim Roop. <laughs> if only that you and I would start. You and I would get out there with a pair of forceps and some stitching material right now. Start <laughs> making some changes in this world. Uh, so we'd start in your city. Um, no, God, no, I need a job. <laughs> well, anyway, so he was on the, uh, and I guess maybe they do that by, I mean, what do they do? They, they do it by age or something? Do they figure if you're 73, you know, you're, you're way down on the list, they give it to, uh, you know, a kid before you? Well, I, I think it's it's viability. I, I think it's if, what kind of life will this guy, will this person have if they got this? Number one, how quickly do they need it or they'll expire? Right. Number two, how how good is this going to work? Sure. If he gets along as opposed to him, 
Will he be better off? I mean, it's it's got to be tough to make that kind of decision. But the, but you have to have criteria, and I and I think it has a lot to do with after the operation more so than the need of the operation. Right, right. I mean, if you're on the list, you need it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he did. So I know everybody's pointing out he did Camelot, and then he sort of settled into one of those. I don't like to say he didn't do anything after that, but he he became. I was saying earlier, he became one of those guys that I sort of just knew because he was always on television in a tuxedo, looking kind of equal parts dapper and sleazy. Yeah, um, you know George Hamilton. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know. Uh, with, a, with a mustache. Robert Wagner. Same yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And the thing I remember most about Robert Goulet, though, is when he screwed up the Star Spangled Banner at a wrestling See, match, apparently, a boxing match. Apparently, everybody has seen this but myself, because I have never oh, seen that. I, I, I tried to YouTube it this morning, thinking there's got to be somewhere. But, uh, because I really want to use uh, That's terrible. I wanted to use that in no bit. But, <laughs> well, I mean, look, you gotta, you got to make your mark somehow. But, uh, you know, but you know, I mean, he was booed big time. Uh, he just screwed that up, and he just kept on going. Well, just, I mean, he was, I mean, it, I mean, he was, and he was, it started off on the wrong foot because he was like a French Canadian to begin with, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, it's no wonder he, he messed that up. You know, that's when, that's when people started putting the words in the palm of their hands. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm looking here. Yeah, you're right. I can't find it anywhere on here. I'm looking on uh, I'm looking on YouTube and it doesn't. But I do. remember seeing that thing several times because it was a huge deal, uh, um, and then it's it's been on bloopers and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've seen it before. You know, somebody will find it and send it. If somebody sends it to me, I will send it to you. After sir. the funeral, somebody will throw it out. There. Of course, there after there we'll wait until he's in the ground and yeah. then the trotting will That's begin. Uh, all right, my friend. Big plans for Halloween. Uh, no, just hauling the kids up and down the street. Hey, Sarah is thinking, Sarah's not going to be home, and so she was wondering, duct tape over the doorbell so kids don't stand there and irritate her neighbors? No, let them irritate the neighbors. Okay. No, it's my dog. I don't care. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the yeah. dog. You know, well, I the dog. dog. Yeah, all right. Well, not that okay. it's going to go crazy. All right. uh, I was suggesting just putting a big sign that says, not at home, gone till 2 a.m., but that probably isn't a good idea in her neighborhood. So, no, No, you not say, that. all my candy is with my neighbor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, point them toward the direction of somebody you don't like. I'll just like. cover somebody else's door with duct tape and just write candy on it. Send them, send them to your crackhead neighbor. Yeah, say, I'm sorry I had to run out. I gave my candy to whatever the next address is. They're giving out for two. Yeah. Excellent. All so right. please enjoy, because I'm the one that brought the chocolate. Ring doorbell repeatedly. Yeah. Owner is deaf. <laughs> then kick it and shout. Pound on door. All right, excellent. Enjoy your day, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. There you go. Jim Roof, ladies and gentlemen, in Los Angeles. All right. Um, well, what do we got here? Well, we got a break. We come back. Uh, we got the, more of your phone calls. If you're on hold, hang tight. Uh, Jim Roop is, I'm sorry, Jim Roop. Tim Riley uh, is coming up from the Ministry of Truth. It's 503-733-2970. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. It's the most messed up movie. Hiding under your bed. Deep 
brown shark and eyes glowing red. I am the one hiding under the stairs. Fingers like snakes and spiders in my hair. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. I think the 3D version of this is playing at the Lloyd, uh, that theater across the street from the Lloyd Mall. I think the 3D Nightmare Before Christmas is playing there all week. Oh, that's awesome. I may be wrong about that. When I go over to my friend Lisa's house, it's playing like every other week. Oh, I know. No, it's, uh, I mean, and it's one of those, it's a sleeper film because, you know, it was a failure when it came out. It bombed at the box office. Uh, but it just, it's the very definition of a cult following in every year. You know what, what was smart about Tim Burton is he held on to the merchandising rights. Lucas style. Uh, all right. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson News. News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, it's all tricks and no treats for State Representative Richard Curtis, the Republican from the Center, who admits to having sex with a man he met at an adult video store in Spokane. The Center? I barely knew her. The police report offers a far different version of events that he has given the local media. Wait a minute, I thought yesterday he wasn't gay. Well, that's what he told everyone. Oh, but however... Say that gayness is fast moving. Well, he, what he doesn't know is police reports become public. Oh. And when you admit to doing something to the police, usually they release it to the media. So we'll <laughs> find out eventually. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, uh, well, it's full of graphic details Excellent. of the encounter that began at a porn store in Spokane. Yeah, How pull, low can that be? Pull up a chair. Once upon a time... Wait, hold on. Do we, hold on just a second, actually. I, I have that. I have that ready, Tim. Uh, let's see. Once upon a time. All right, hold on. Are we ready? Yes. Once upon a time, there was a Republican state representative who voted against the bill that granted civil rights protection to gays and lesbians. Self-hating. <coughs> who also voted against a bill to create domestic partnerships for same-sex couples in Washington. Well, now our little tale begins <laughs> at a little porn store in Spokane. It concludes miles away at Curtis's posh hotel room. Uh-huh. In Spokane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Where he did not pay to have gay sex. I'm not gay. Well, it, can, it contains an account of how uh, Curtis... How do you allegedly don women's clothing? <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's all find out. Does it say what the porn store was? Let's see here. It, uh, well, there can't be very many in Spokane. No, 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 no. That's not true. Um, let me tell you, as somebody who lived in Spokane, and as somebody who not, not only lived in Spokane, I lived in Spokane Valley, mm-hmm. and Spokane Valley is sort of the Gresham of Spokane, there are porn stores everywhere there. I mean, not as many as there are here. But the, and, but the thing is, here in Portland, can't believe it's making this. But the porn shops here are a little more upscale than they are in Spokane. <laughs> um, in Spokane, there is a chain, I think it's still there, called Worldwide Video. Mm-hmm. Buildings painted just as horrible, gaudy pink. Terrible pink. And then never cleaned. So they're painted with pink, and then they're just left to be filth-covered. Oh. Um, uh, the Worldwide Video gained a certain degree of fame and infamy because that's what the Aryan nations used to rob to finance their assassination <clears throat> plot against Allen Berg in Denver. They financed it by robbing adult video stores at Worldwide Videos in Spokane. I also used to live right next door to a place called... Pardon me. I also used to live right next door to a place called Miss Kitties. And it's just, just as classy as you, as you, as you, as you might imagine. I so, can just imagine. Yes, you can. All right, so he allegedly donned women's clothing? Yes. Uh, which consisted of uh, red stockings, also black sequence lingerie top, which is all tasteful, I guess. Yeah. He then continued to wear them throughout the night under his clothing. Well, why not? 
Uh, then we have this uh, fellow, uh, Cody Castinga. Anyone named Cody is is bound for a lifetime of trouble. He's a 26-year-old waiter from the Spokane area huh. who allegedly tried to blackmail Curtis for $1,000 and threatened to reveal his so-called gay lifestyle. You know, he's got frosted blonde hair named Cody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Curtis is, uh, let's see here, 48 years old, is married and has two daughters. Not gay. Not gay. <laughs> so anyway, this all started... And I'm going for the police report here at 3 o'clock in the morning at the, oh, here we go, the Hollywood Erotic Boutique, which is in the Spokane Valley. Of course it is. I was going to say, that's exactly where I lived, probably on Sprague. Mm-hmm. Ugh. All right. So anyway, uh, they end up at the Davenport Towers, Ugh. where he met the male outside the hotel. He was alone, and they saw these people going in and out. Uh, what? Yeah, they were. <laughs> I don't have a... Uh, I so don't... they walk into the lobby together. I barely knew her. No, that doesn't make any sense. He, he tell... oh, thank you. He thank tells you. the uh, trick of the mail again that he would give him $100 to help him up but was not willing to pay for sex. Curtis and the mail went to Curtis's room, which was room 968. Inside the room, Curtis gave the male $100. While they were in the room, they both had a bottle of fitness water. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it now? <laughs> and this part, this is from the police report. Curtis oh. and the male ultimately had uh, intercourse not normal in the missionary position. <laughs> <laughs> on the bed of Curtis's hotel room, uh, the uh, trick, uh, the male performed uh, intercourse on Curtis and the male's... Uh, well, he was dressed he performed lunch. intercourse on him? Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. Because he was wearing lingerie. Curtis was. He was and wearing... Curtis stated he was the person who received this... Uh, intercourse? Uh non-missionary type sex. He got arbuckled. Mm-hmm. Not with the champagne bottle, though. Well, he was dressed up as a woman. I mean, that's... Uh, well, you know what makes me mad is that men who dress as women, they pick the ugliest clothes. Like, he's walking around in a sequin black top. <laughs> but in Spokane, which was probably very alluring. I was just going to say, that was probably top-shelf stuff at the Hollywood adult boutique or whatever. Jesus. Is it is it, ero- is it erotic boutique or is it erotique boutique? Erotic. Okay, because I we, we, we were there, one of our clients was the erotique boutique. Yeah. So then uh, Curtis stated he went to sleep with the male after uh, oh. not having gay sex. <laughs> I think we were all tired from not having gay sex. <laughs> yes, we were exhausted <laughs> from not uh, having gay sex. This not having gay sex has just tuckered me out. I uh, have to catch 40 winks here. I, uh, so I'm Curtis sorry. woke up alone, as often happens in these swank hotel suites in Spokane. <laughs> At approximately 7 a.m., and I received a phone call from the hustler of the mail. <laughs> the uh, mail told Curtis he had Curtis's wallet and knew he was a state senator and oh. married. Oh! The mail claimed they had taken explicit photos of Curtis while he was asleep. Ugh, even worse. <laughs> he did be creepy. He threatened to publicly release this information unless Curtis gave him $1,000. $1,000. Way to aim high, Spokane mm-hmm. boy. So Curtis looks for his billfold and discovers it was taken from the jacket. Curtis kept his money separate from his billfold. Inside his billfold, however, was his driver's license, business card, and yeah. bank one credit card in Curtis's name. Yeah, make sure you keep that big pile of ones safe, but leave your identification and state senator card laying around where anybody could see it. So Curtis agrees to give the mail an additional $200 in an envelope if he got the wallet back. Curtis stated he went to the front desk and got a Davenport Hotel envelope from the hotel staff. Curtis waited in the lobby and ultimately gave the envelope containing $200 to a hotel registration. In in a hotel envelope with his fingerprints all over it. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So anyway, this goes on and on. And uh, <laughs> I love the idea that he would just pick up some trick, though, and take him back to the hotel, n- not have gay sex while dressed up in 
Not really have a gay uh, sex that's not in the missionary <laughs> position. <laughs> not, well, well, not while well, dressed in trashy this lingerie. This is a white male with short blonde hair, slender, and then with that he possible would then, stubble on his face. And then he would then just fall asleep. It, letting the guy, but let me just say two things. A, that he would then fall asleep, letting the guy just sort of root around inside his uh, room. Well, he went to deeper places before that. <coughs> I was trying, something caught in my. Um... <coughs> that may have happened in that hotel room earlier. And then. Wait, I don't even know what I was going to say now. It's all, it's all it flittered away. It's out of my head. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Falling asleep. Oh, well, I mean, am I the only one? Does it say if they were drunk, they each consumed a bottle of so-called fitness water? Yes. Uh, it, and, and apparently it, it helped. Uh, I, well, I'm curious about the fact that the guy was a, actually unconscious and so unconscious that this strapping young lad was able to take all manner of explicit photographs of him, apparently without waking the guy up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Well, that's an older fellow, and he is a married man. Of course, and he was tuckered out from all of the... Happily married. ...not being mm -hmm. violated in the most private of places. Uh, then the uh, police officer asked Curtis what physical evidence would there be in the hotel oh. room which would link the suspect there. Maybe Curtis no. pointed out the fitness water bottle in the garbage, a condom wrapper in the garbage... And he used condom in the garbage. Uh, so at least they use condoms because uh, otherwise this story would be distasteful. Well, that and uh, apparently this uh, senator requested he not use one. Really? But the, the hustler, I mean the uh, young gentleman, the gentleman caller <laughs> refused to take things in that direction. So to speak. Okay. So the pillowcases, sheets, water bottles, condom and condom wrapper were ultimately placed into... Uh, a property book is evidence. Of course, they didn't have sex, so I don't know why they're oh, saving these not. guys. No, of course not. That explains why he said not to use a condom, because, mm -hmm. of course, they were not having sex, because he's not gay. You're right. Jesus. All right. So, so this jo just goes on and on and on. And that was like the best nine minutes we've ever had on the show. That was nine minutes? We, I mean, it, 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 at least what... Thank God for right-wing Republicans in office. Really, honestly. Wh so what is happening to him? Is he in office well, still? I mean, well, yeah, it is Spokane. Up, yep. You know, well, he's he right next to... Parents. And, he, you know, the great thing is he only lives like 30 minutes from Larry Craig. Mm -hmm. That's the really fantastic part. Well, the other that. part of this is, <laughs> now they're asking for the public's help in identifying a new suspect in this case. Uh, apparently, somebody was caught in the camera from the hotel leaving, and it was somebody other than this. They already met with this 26-year-old named Cody. And Cody. <laughs> apparently, he's, Skyler. Not, he's not the only one involved uh -huh. here. Like, that should come as any surprise. All right. His friend Skyler was there, too. Jesus. Oh, they did watch a couple of porno movies. Of too. course. Well, they were there. Names of names of movies will not appear on Bill. Excuse me. I am not gay. Uh huh. Okay. Thank you. All right then. Is there anything else in that? Well, there, pretty much there, I mean, there are several pages more. You can you can go to my website and read all this evidence. There's pages and pages of it. Hideous that, that apparently this politician never thought would become public. Of course not. Jesus God. All right. There you go. Yeah. Some of this is uh, not suit for not suitable for family reading. Yeah, as our program is. <laughs> uh, so you can go to my website and read these, it, which is never suitable for family. These are all facts. These are legal facts. Uh, so yeah. you, too, can visit the Hollywood Ex Erotic Boutique. Uh, I don't think that that was there when I lived there. That's unfortunate, I guess, for all of us. Oh. Oh yeah. Now I'm looking at the picture of uh, I'm looking at the picture of these two right here. Mm -hmm. I am not gay. Uh-huh. Yeah, rough and ready. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of looks like um he sort of looks like Mr. Belvedere uh, or maybe that dad from Webster. 
Uh, How would you like to stay in the nicest hotel in Spokane? <laughs> I told my wife I'm away on business. <laughs> Look, if uh, if anybody comes by, you are here turning down the bed. Jesus. Call me daddy. Check it, Don. I'm wearing women's clothes. Call me mommy. <laughs> Damn this whatever it is caught in my throat today. <clears throat> okay. Um... Yeah. All so right. there, there's uh, plenty of video to substantiate their uh, comings and goings, so to speak. Is mm-hmm. that a, Now, is that a what video of them going into the hotel? Yep, and leaving the hotel. Then the erotic boutique, apparently, this, uh, has the man in his, uh, his, his feminine attire. His, his consort. Yes. Um, oh, really? Oh, no. There's Wait, hold on. There's a, Now, are there photographs of him dressed up as a woman? Yeah, somewhere. But they I am released strangely them. fascinated. Well, it's not even strange. I am fascinated by that. I think I speak for all of us here. Uh, for different reasons, I just want to see what I just want to see what this guy. Are you looking at Tim's page? No. You really got to go to Tim's page to check. Does it out. have him in the black sequin top? No, that's no. what I'm saying. I need to see this guy who looks like Alex Alex Karras, uh, from the uh, who used to play for the Rams. Mm. I want to see what that guy. First of all, how does he even find? They don't make anything for that size. How is it that he can find something that fits him? You can buy it on eBay. You so know? these are the two men from the story. Uh, yes. Yes, that is the representative. The uh, His consort oh, on the right. And his gentleman caller. His gentleman caller. Yeah, he looks the... better as a woman, probably. <laughs> oh. yeah. That kid on the right is that he's like the, the really... That's Cody. That's, of course it is. That's when you, when you, uh, that's like a guy who doubles for Jared Leto's double. I mean, he's like nine, nine steps away from being Jared Leto. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's No, that guy a, isn't uh... bad looking. No, I mean, I, you know... I suppose. If you were at the Hollywood Adult Boutique at three o'clock in the morning in Spokane one morning, I, you know when you are when you are a government representative, Sarah, you can afford the best, which in this case was what a hundred dollars apparently. Hundred dollars. The best part is that the guy demanded a huge amount of hush money and took two hundred bucks casually. Well, that's a into lot a... of money in Spokane. You can go back to the Hollywood Erotic Boutique. And watch movies all night, and perhaps meet somebody else dressed as a woman. Uh, all right, excellent. Jesus. So yeah, this goes on and on. It just does endlessly, and I can't find any photographs. And the strange thing about this is this guy actually thought that this, these police records would not become public knowledge within 24 hours. Well, and that a guy, I mean, and that a guy who was willing to come up in the... <laughs> In his Spokane hotel room for $100 would be really reputable and trustworthy after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I'm trying to see. Well, like we're all looking at the photos. We're trying to find the photos for different reasons. Sarah just wants to criticize the representative's fashion sense. Let's see here. Um, I mean, he doesn't have to dress to the nines at 3 o'clock in the morning. I suppose not. I guess, I guess maybe the bar is set a little lower at that point. Oh, this is the... He gave a, he gave the boy a hundred dollars for gas money. Yeah, gas money. Uh huh. He want, just wanted to help him out. <laughs> of course. Well, ga- gas might be three dollars a gallon in Spokane. He is perhaps this is this is so great. He is perhaps best known. This is the representative. Yeah. Uh, the self-loathing representative is best known for a proposal that would have banned gay, uh, anti-gay rights protesters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is, but this is this is great, right here. Um, he has a history of voting against gay rights issues in the state house. Mm-hmm. In April of this year, he voted against Washington's. You mentioned this domestic partnerships law for same-sex couples. A year before that, he voted against a gay civil rights bill that would have banned discrimination against gays and lesbians in uh, jobs, housing, and insurance. That's great. All right, wonderful. I wonder if he was wearing women's undergarments during any of those votes. Let's see here. Yeah, no. Sadly, I sadly so I've got. If you look nothing. at his cell phone records. 
he talked to this guy just a couple hours before he talked to mom. Well, <laughs> wait, what? And then somebody Who's named mom JoJo. And... Who's mom? <laughs> mom and Who's JoJo. Mom, and mom this... JoJo. Who's mom in this story? I guess is, is, mom, mom. His, is mom his his other name? Is mom his it's dress a, up it's name? It's mom cell. And right after the restricted numbers, which were the uh, the young gentlemen's. Interesting. He spoke with JoJo and then mom. Oh wait, here we go. All right, this is uh, let's see. The male was alone. Curtis did not recall what clothing the male was wearing and never knew his name. Uh, a little naughty. Yeah. Let's see. The ma- oh. Ooh. Uh, I love this. Okay. Any any sentence that ends with and or DNA. Uh, yes, Curtis is apparently um, yes the recipient of uh, whatever sort of uh, exploration. Um. <laughs> Rhymes with uh, broke back. Uh, let's see. The male claimed to have taken explicit photos of Curtis while Curtis was asleep. Let's see. He described his billfold as being the bi-fold style. Mm-hmm. And let's see. $200, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the staff of the hotel said, what's the name of the person who will be coming by to pick up this $200? And he was forced to admit he did not know. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, the phrase is in here. Would be given $1,000 for allowing him to perform bareback. Yeah. Okay. That's that's wonderful. That's great. Well, your tax dollars are at work in the thriving metropolis of Spokane. Uh, oh, and there is, yeah, it does say here there is actually security video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a security video of him, of him uh, I guess, maybe dressed up as the... Uh, Dressed up as a woman. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. All right, there you go. God so, bless him. So he is not gay, did not have gay sex. <laughs> but, but, but according to the police report, he stated that he was the person who received that, uh, well, that kind of sex we won't describe here. He was. Wait, hold on. So he, he said he didn't have gay sex now. Right. But he has. No, he didn't say that he ever had. Oh, I see. Okay. Except for the police report, which he thought nobody would ever see. So here we are sitting here reading it on the air to thousands of people. <laughs> all, all his constituency in the center. Matt Peterson. <laughs> so, so, really, so the only place he chose... So he probably denied this at home. He probably will deny it when he goes back to where work. Did say, where did he tell his wife he was that? The, ol- the only place that he decided to admit it was, in fact, to the police who were recording and writing it all down and putting it into the public record as he said it. And as we are reading it right now. Excellent. Well done, sir. Congratulations. Okay. All right. Um, what are we... Uh... Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, hey, Rick. Uh... Some other information about Lardass. His mother actually is a teacher, or was a teacher. Oh, this is, here hold on a second. We're jumping back a little bit. So this is last hour. Uh, we had somebody say that uh, Davy Lardass Hogan, as made famous in the movie Stand By Me, was one of his camp counselors at Camp Howard. Somebody else called up and said, no, 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 it was Camp Westwind. And now you, are, you have additional information about it, because apparently he lived in Portland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, he worked for a lot of the outdoor schools. Um, I, outdoor school is like a cult. And the, all those counselors know each other, and I have friends that are, are counselors. They all knew him. Uh-huh. But his mother is a teacher at a local school, 
Oh, uh, his Milwaukee, uh, Oregon. Okay, so so and uh, so apparently he just recently moved away, but we do know that he sounds like we're stalking lard ass. It, it, it does. Uh, <laughs> normally, one has to go to Spokane for that kind of a thing. So sure. norm, so we do know that he did live here at some point. Yeah, for a long time actually. Excellent. All right. And, yeah. All right. I, I was gonna say I had I had a picnic with him actually. It was pretty exciting. You had a picnic with lard ass? <laughs> yes. Did you? How old were you? And how old was he? Oh uh, no no he was a full adult I was too uh, my my best friend teaches with uh, his mom okay all right so you guys so you all kind of went out together yeah were you uh, now let me ask you this was it difficult to eat a picnic lunch sitting across from the guy who spewed five blueberry pies under the royal order of antelopes <laughs> yes fantastic excellent that's what I thought well done sir thank you for the information oh sure you bet all right there you go wonderful uh this email says. About the not-gay representative, Rick, this story needs to be a flagship for why people ought to use protection. If you're going to get your freak on with some dude you meet at a porn store, use protection. Because, beside the obvious reasons, am I the only one who thinks that this happily married not-gay Republican may have mixed up some of the policy wires in his head and assumed that they shouldn't use a condom to be right in the eyes of the Lord as far as conception goes? Mm -hmm. That's a, he was dressed up as a woman. That is a, maybe he was thinking was you know as long as it was for procreation. Oh, maybe he said he's not a gay man. Maybe that's what he was thinking about. He's, he's he wasn't dressed as a gay man. He was oh, dressed as a true. he was dressed as a straight woman. Mm -hmm. He was trying to simulate. Maybe okay. This would be my defense if I was the guy. Mm -hmm. He was trying uh, to help uh, the 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 young hustler fill gentleman. Fill up his gas tank. <laughs> Which he please, wanted to fill up you, his tank. Can you please? Can you fill, fill up my gas? <laughs> Hold on, I'll back up here. <laughs> no, it's the. Uh, can you fill it up? Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll just wait here. We fill up my tank. Would you check my oil, please? I think I might need some lubrication. <laughs> I'm so terribly sorry about all of this. Happy motoring. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think when this caller just hung up. Hello? Perhaps we discussed them. Hello, sir. Yeah, whoever that was hung up. So maybe he was trying to change the young man's orientation by trying to acclimate him to the idea of having sex with a woman. That could be true. So this guy, who's a truly unattractive man, and God knows what kind of woman he made. He might have been, as a woman, the most attractive woman in Spokane, for all we know. <laughs> he could... He could have been the victor of the Miss Spokane pageant. Did he decide to enter? <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. All right. Um, Jesus, it's 1230. All right, we have to break. Back after this, kids. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, we will return. Don't go anywhere. It's a Rick Emerson show. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. Jump to the left. And then a step to the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Are you referring to the music or to your breed? The music and, no, the free taco that I just got from upstairs. Yeah, the upstairs, the conference room upstairs is replete with Halloween foods of all varieties. Some of which Tim can actually eat. Tim got a small piece of bread and a single cookie. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Where Sarah came down with nine pounds of cheese and a, like, what else did you have over there? Oh, I have a chicken taco. It's really, really good. Are we feeding the neighborhood homeless up there? <laughs> well, <laughs> check, check in with everybody at the end of the week. 503-733-2970. No, they very cleverly, and I did check it, by the way, the uh, upstairs, that party is going for four hours in the conference room, and those hours are 11 to 3. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate that. I won't take that personally. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies you, and gentlemen, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just saying, I think that you like it that way because you can just do the pop-in. Because... If it's going on for an hour, we feel like you have to sit up there and eat, but we have an excuse to bring our I food suppose. Down. I guess I get to uh, get, go to the conference room and just say hello and not really have to, have to be social or anything. Well, we're not the most sociable people. No, really. They, they, we're not. I'm just saying it just it is sort of a cruel twist of faith that when they offer free food, it's always at a time when I can't have any. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess I could go up and just pile a bunch of it and then set it in the corner. But then by the end of the show, it's been sitting there for like three hours or whatever, and it's just... It's prelude to the holidays. It's going to be like that for two more months. Oh, man. Don't give it... You know, let me just say this, and I don't mean to sound like that. I don't... Sound, everywhere, not just here. I don't mean to sound like a uh, I don't mean to sound like a Spokane representative dressed up in trashy women's lingerie, but oh my waistline! You just uh, and, and, and I thought about this because you know the thing is like I'm not like the fattest guy in the world, but I'm not all that. Uh, I am I'm all just fat. I'm just skin and fat. I mean I just you know I don't I, I, I like skinny fat. I like that's you know what I am what is known as a as a skinny fat person. Uh, I just have and I'm not trying to be all mental about it or whatever, uh, but I have just yeah I have no definition. I have no tone. Which was it doesn't just, matter in here. No, it really doesn't. It, it, no, in here I am an Adonis uh, until Friday when Wade McCollum is sitting next to me and I just want to toss myself off a building somewhere. Um, but man, I was upstairs yesterday and somebody had brought in like 19 pounds of holiday fudge. It was just sitting there, and of course, I do believe that workplaces are one of the biggest contributors to the bulging waistlines of America, because there's always somebody, God bless them, just trying to be a good American, bringing in a bunch of high-calorie fat crap from home that, of course, I am powerless against. And I have to walk by that upstairs 90 times a day. Every time I have to go talk to Dave's Inn or check my mail slot or something, I walk by, what's this? Well, it's 150,000 donuts that somebody brought in this morning. They're just going to be thrown out otherwise. Like, well, I, okay, you know, and they... And they just sing this siren song of fatty inhalation to me. Anyway. Oh, by the way, and apparently, yes, I, I knew this was wrong as soon as I said it. It is not the royal order of antelopes. It's the benevolent order of the antelope. And apparently I'm a the douche. The order of the antelopes? The order, oh. order of the antelopes. <laughs> the benevolent odor of the antelopes. It's sort of a fresh glade kind of smell. And this one just says, dude, there are stormtroopers and Darth Vader at the Lloyd Center food court. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Here's Tim Riley. I wonder what's in this box. I got a box in the mail. Uh, does it oh. say you know who it's from? It, I thought I had something here. All right. Uh, do you have some, Do you have something with which to open the box? Just my bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me know how that works out. I, that, that was pretty impressive what you did just there. That packing tape can be kind of hard. Tim does work out. I, that is true. Yep. I don't do that and at I all. And I walk a lot. No, that's, yeah, I don't. I did have. What do I do with that? All right, well, so this is a, so there's a packing it. slip. All right, well, let's, so what is so this is a box that arrived in the mail mm-hmm. from New Jersey. 
Why? What is, what is it? it? My curiosity knows no bounds. What have you received in the mail? Look. Hey, look, it's a, look. it's it's a, it's another one of the V. Is that from Shamus? Well, it's got to be from Shamus. It's got to be. It it's, doesn't say who it's from, but I bet it is. It is a duplicate of the V for Vendetta 12-inch well, fully posable figure that I received in the mail last week I'm from Shamus. I'm not Seamus. so jealous. That's very cool. I wonder if it, I see it's because you felt bad about it. And I really was the wrong person to have gotten that last week anyway. Because you're not that I don't love the movie, but I know that you're a real, uh, real just a freak for that film. So it, it does. It is, it is good that he sent you one. Thank you, Seamus. God Thank bless you. Thank you, Seamus. I'm pretty sure that was Seamus. It must have been. been. What a good person. It has a 12-inch push-button sound. Uh, really? Oh, no, and it does, it does the... Figure 60 seconds of dialogue. Do that's kind of misleading, though, because it's really only two speeches. One of them is the um, Remember the Remember the 5th of November, mm-hmm. and the other one is the I have Villasarian Vaudeville Vuchef de Vargan Yeah, that's part of it. Which I don't think he ever says in the film. He, well, at the very beginning it does. Does he say it or does she say it? I think she says she it in the preamble. It. Yeah, I don't think he ever says that in the film. So it was recorded just for this figurine, Tim. Well, thank you, Shamus. It doesn't say it's from Shamus, but we think it I'm is. I'm pretty sure that it is. Uh, thank you, Shamus. This email says, about Representative Curtis. Rick, Representative Curtis is the representative for the LeCenter area. The GOP was having a get-together in Spokane for the upcoming legislative session. Quite a get-together, I must say. Also, what does Mr. Curtis do with his mustache when he dresses like a woman? Is it removable? That's just exactly curious. what I was thinking. What an unconvincing woman. Well, I guess from that angle it's no, all the same. No, you seem that kind of little Britain. Yeah, I guess. Oh, the ladies' dresses. <laughs> he's, he's like one of the Monty Python, <laughs> like Eric Idle in a smock, <laughs> just some sort of a. He's come about the reaping. Uh, all right. Well, and it's again, Yakima. I mean, <laughs> and I mean, really, unless you're facing a whole series of mirrors on the other side of the room, like Lisa Desjardins' brother. I mean, I guess then it doesn't really matter. So it's all, it's all academic. All right. Here's Tim Riley. So anyway, yeah. Oh, you know, I found some old pictures of our studios from the 1930s, and I hope they give us a harp like they had back in the day. Oh, that is great. Look at that. Now, These are old, old studios. Was that, in the Heathman? that was in the Heathman Hotel. Check out the original studios for this station, Sarah. Oh, wow. It's a, a huge harp. orchestra room with, like, sitting couches and a harp in Look the Look at that. The beautiful mezzanine housing the coin studio. We used to be coin radio. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right above the main entrance. Oh, is it? Way. What was the name of the morning duo, Tim? Uh, let's see. You, it was like the Rick and Sarah of an earlier time. Yes, it is. It's Bob and Dolly. Bob and Dolly. Come here, oh. at, come here and look at Bob like this and weird Dolly. sepia tone photograph of Bob and Dolly, who were the morning hosts. Oh, totally. And they look like they're about 100 years old even then. And then in the afternoon... Dolly looks a little kooky. They had, during this time period, they had the Cuckoo Club, and they had membership cards for it. That's great. That's back in the days of the Coin Orchestra. It really was such an innocent time. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, keeping in uh, uh, theme with the Curtis story, I thought I'd go ahead and disclose the sickest Halloween story that I've heard today. Uh, if I don't know. Like. I got a bad feeling about this call. Well, I'll keep your hand on the dump button in case I go too far. No, no, see, that's, you're not helping us. You're <laughs> Let not me just say, if you call and you say that, that's exactly the way to get kicked uh, Really, I that's, that's... I won't be foul, but there's Dude, no way to not really... Can I just, hold on, can I just speak for all of us here in the studio? Now, I'm sure you're a nice person, but you sound like a foul man. You no, just not do. anymore. Not a bad man. Well... I'm you know, not saying you're a bad person. You, <laughs> hold on a second. I'm not saying you are a bad or immoral person in any way. I'm sure quite the opposite. I'm sure you're a decent guy. You sound like a foul man, though. You sound like a man who enjoys a lot of body talk. Uh, I'm going to try not to. Well, see, you're not just not going to try at all. Can you call and talk about something else? You can't call. <laughs> Listen to that. Just cuts off the sound right there. Let me, let me just give you the headliner and see if you want it. 
All right, yeah, bottom line it for me. Give me the give me the one sentence summation of the story. Bottom line, 1984 Halloween fraternity mushrooms and a girl with Peter Chris makeup and surprises after. Sarah? Yeah, no thanks. Uh, that's a thumbs down. But have Hello, a good Sarah. Halloween, sir. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, but thank you. Judges vote. I'm sorry. Sources point to no, sir. That's right, the way to go. not get on the air. Uh, look, you want to have your finger on the dump button. button. <laughs> sure, that's the kind of call we welcome. Yeah, please. Call endlessly about that. Jesus. Uh-oh. Fake teeth have been recalled due to too much lead. Ow! Ow! This in 11... Ow! They're warning you that fake Halloween teeth sold by the tens of thousands at Toys R Us <laughs> have lead that'll kill you when you put it in your mouth. Yeah. It's only $2. What are you playing uh, for Halloween? It's your... A corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, retailers have sold at least 43,000 packages. Wonderful. Fake teeth. That is fantastic. Now, our fake teeth has... Let me ask you this, Tim. I ask mm. as though you have the answer to this. Fake teeth? Um, has the technology of fake Halloween teeth changed at all from when I was a, from when I was a kid? Is it still the weird bendy yes. hinge and, like, your spit collection? I mean, you have to dump them out every few minutes because it just fills up with saliva. I you know what I'm talking so. about? You know, the thing about those teeth, you know what's uncomfortable is, A, you can't talk because it's and B... It, they jab your gums. I remember when I was a kid. If it's not just the right fit, if, for example, if your teeth like I wore them when I was a little, when I was little, uh, when I was just like six or seven, I thought they were badass. Um, but it, it's like the opening for your teeth was actually my teeth were very small, and so the plastic would actually poke into my gum line, and my gums would bleed, which I guess made the costume. I guess made it more convincing. What are you? I'm a child who bleeds from the mouth, <laughs> which is scary. Would you like to see my bleeding child? Oh, that's the other thing Would about you that. Like to see my food. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween! And just waving, waving a bleeding baby at them. The, uh, uh, by the way, that's another thing about that conference room upstairs. Be careful if you go back up to get more food, Sarah, uh, because they're passing a baby around. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Really? This yes. isn't a doll. Sarah Wagner uh, gave me the whole. Hey, do you want to hold it? And I said, no, less than... Sarah you, Wagner should know better. Less than you can possibly imagine. Uh, and it's a child that's dressed up in some sort of... What are those things called? Singlets? Onesie. Which one's onesie. for adults? When did, onesie is for children. Onesie, single. They sound kind of the same to me. One of them is for babies like and one of them is for like... Suit? Whatever. It's like a little stocking to put a baby in. Anyway, they're passing a baby around. So just... I don't know if it belongs to somebody if they just found it in a bucket I don't think somewhere. anyone would want me to touch their baby. Well, that's what I would think, too. You know, just, first of all, can I also say this? Does it astound you sometimes how cavalier people are with their babies. They'll just let anybody hold them. It's as though they not so secretly want you to grab it and run away with it and never come back. I mean, there's really only two kinds of parents. There's the overprotective kind and then the not protective at all, Brittany kind, mm -hmm. where they are secretly hoping that you are, in fact, a baby snatcher who will just grab it and run to Jamaica and so never come back. So you upstairs the woman passing around the baby wants you to be a baby snatcher? I didn't say that. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, here is more. Oh, God. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Ow. 26-year-old Cody Michael Costanga. 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 Is also a part-time porn model. Yeah. And oh. has been featured in, on, in explicit photo shoots posted on some members-only websites. Oh, members-only like the jacket? I guess so. Members-only like I have, so I can't go see. Does it, what name does he pose under? Does it say? I'm looking I'm going to Google these right now as part of my show prep. Mm. Hold on. Images. Google. doesn't say what the... Maybe it doesn't, doesn't say what okay. name he uses. I can't get a free thumbnail or something? Well, okay. Well, let me go to this uh, 
spokesman review, which apparently... That is the paper of record in Spokane, Tim. All right. Uh, Kostanga is a part-time waiter and porn model. He's been featured in explicit photos posted on some member-only gay websites. Uh, boy. <laughs> which, can you can you name any of the? Uh, it doesn't you, say which ones they are. You cannot. Uh, you can't. Rev- okay, so it doesn't list the names no. of the uh, of the websites. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, Curtis what was his first name? Cody. Cody. Well, well he, he was trouble ahead. Well, he <laughs> white man. Uh, so he uh, he uh, he wouldn't model under that mm-hmm. name though, or oh, unless that is his model name, that might actually be his model name. Oh, an employee of the. Uh, the adult store where the, uh, the the representative was says Curtis has been in the business uh, their business three times in the past month and is called a crossdresser by employees. Wait, hold on. So Curtis, he, he's a repeat customer. Wait, where? This is the adult bookstore at ninety six eleven East Sprague Avenue. East. This what did I Hollywood. say? I told you. Ah, uh, you said Sprague. Okay, now hold on. Let's. Uh, this is fascinating. Hold on. Ninety six eleven Sprague. East Sprague. Mm-hmm. Oh, listen to this. Outside the hotel early Friday, Castagna asked Curtis what he did for a living. According to police reports, Curtis responded, I work to help people out. And he added, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Wow, wow. Uh, All right, let's see. Uh, sexy and mysterious. Now, now the, this 9611 East Sprague, which is a bad, bad part of Spokane. Which oh, can is, you find the picture by satellite? It's like a block from where I lived, by the way. Oh, it is. Um, yeah, no, that's when I lived. Uh, I, I've told you about this. I lived in this apartment that was like, well, when I started out, the, the, when I started living there, the rent was $125 a month. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even in like the 90s, $125 a month gets you, imagine what kind of an apartment that is. Smaller than this room, for one thing. Filthy. Okay, apparently it's been several businesses. It has been, wait for it, a worldwide video, which is what I was talking about earlier, those big pink buildings. It was also a love and stuff, Spokane Valley underwear and lingerie. Ew. Underwear in the title of your business doesn't make it sound sexy. Lingerie's no. bad enough. What do you say, lingerie and underwear? Because <laughs> then you just picture some you know, guy in stained jockeys. Oh, let's see. Um, well, that's what I picture. Ew. Let's see. Um... Let's see. I'm trying to see if there's a uh, there's some sort of a picture of the store. Oh, now there's more information. I can't even paraphrase. Re- really? Yeah. This is about um, GOP representative. What's his name? Curtis. Richard yes. Curtis. Mm-hmm. Richard Curtis uh, from things Spokane. we really don't want to visualize. <laughs> well, maybe you don't, Tim. Let me. How, how else am I going to ridicule you? Okay, let's on. see here. Let's see. Where are you? Uh... Okay, right here. Oh wait, hold on. Let me just say, Richard and is this is is this Cody? This blacked out name? Probably. Richard and Cody ordered two bisexual pornography movies. That's funny. That's like overly <laughs> overly clinical dialogue. Not ordered to be confused with gay pornography. Bisexual. Well, no, he's not gay, Tim. No. Ordered bi- two bisexual pornography movies on the hotel in-house television system. Right before the ice wagon came by out front. <laughs> Richard got out a tube of lubricants. And Cody was now naked and began <coughs> himself on the bed. Oh. Richard told Cody that he liked to be submissive and role play. We need music for this, I think. Jesus. Okay, okay. Hold on. Let me, can I, may, may I use your microphone? Sure, please do. Uh, Richard uh, got out a tube of lubricants. Now, I'm assuming this has got to be Cody. Uh, let's see. He told him, let's see. He got. A, he, he stated he got a flavored condom, which... And then he talked, okay, can I just say this? He stated that he got out a flavored condom, which he had brought. 
and then began performing an act which, A, the flavor is not needed. Not condoned by the Catholic Church. Not condoned by the Catholic Church. A doesn't require flavor, and B, the flavor element, I think, would be sort of necessarily negated by this act, depending on what flavor one was looking for. Um, was, how are you going to make it through this? And then, well, I really... I'll, I'll sit back here and let you get out of it. I don't think I can read the rest of this except to say that Cody was apparently uh, unable to perform. Uh, his, uh, he was able to... Let me. How do I put this? I credit Detective Tim Masden for writing this all out. Jesus, and it really... Imagine the detective just sitting there looking at this big walrus-looking bastard and having to describe just this huge porcine Republican engaged in these acts. Um... So apparently, um, it, it, Cody, the young hustler, uh, uh, gentleman caller, gentleman caller, was the um, swank hotel room in Spokane. Swank, swank hotel room was he was filling a need that the Republican had, and oh. while filling that need, was unable to get to point Z from point A. Mm -hmm. He, I won't say bit off more than he could chew. He, uh, he, um, he wasn't able to. Um, there's that Van Halen song, Finish What You Started. Uh-huh. Not so much. Okay. Not so much here. So he had to uh, he had to take matters into his own hands, apparently, to finish. Okay, we should be done with that. Yep. I'm speaking Whoa. in euphemisms. I'm speaking figuratively. Yuck. <laughs> but, but, but you know you want to read it. I do. So, so, uh, it's gripping. It really is. Just go to my blog and you can read the specifics. God. It's like all gay porn all the time. Wait, though. hold on. Before you go back there, make sure that's a flavored condom, mister. It's not our fault. Blame the Republicans. <laughs> Done. Oh, God. All I right. don't belong to that political party. Jesus. God almighty. All right. What's important to remember about that representative is that he is not gay. And has voted against rights for gay people. Of course. Of and course. domestic partnerships. Because he doesn't want to be associated with those, you know, with the, 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 well, it's, it's not gay. He doesn't want anything to do with that. It's ruining the sanctity of his marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it's not taking heterosexual marriage seriously. That's <laughs> oh, true. Oh, all right. Okay, somebody is... Okay, now here's more from the police report. Somebody has sent this to me. Uh, yeah, there's hundreds of pages of these guys' activities. David? That no one will ever read. Listen to this. This is more from the police report. David sent this to us. Quote, I think this is the cop saying this. While I was collecting evidence, I saw a sack. I'm sorry, a plastic sack. I should specify. While I was collecting evidence, I saw a plastic sack, which contained a light gray length of nylon rope... A plastic doctor's stethoscope, mm -hmm. and other items I could not immediately identify. Curtis told me they had nothing to do with the sex act and that the suspect had not handled them. Curtis said he did not want to show me those items in the sack, so to speak. And then this emailer continues. This is uh, emailer David, who says... Rick, as a gay dude living in Spokane, I remember going to the bars and occasionally spotting men in what we'll call B. Arthur drag. I never worked up the courage to ask about this particular look, but in retrospect, they were probably just Republican representatives getting their homely kink on. It's a Republican chic. Yeah. Um, he says, of course, I'm not here to judge. One of my favorite memories of Halloween was the year I, drew, I went to the bars dressed up as Mr. Freight from Monty Python. 
All right. Well, I'm in the event. Um, so, yeah. Jesus. More facts are coming up on the minute. <laughs> we just don't have time to read them I, I really don't. Uh, let me just get a couple of these calls. But he's not gay. Does it? Uh, no. No, of course. In no way is he gay. Uh, and we... It seems like it's a strange day today. And why it's, not? It's Halloween. It does. I guess it's, it's a holiday. It's prelude to the ho- holiday season. It is one of those days. Yeah, holidays are always a little weird. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Howdy. I'm hey. Brad, and I have a cute story to follow all this uh, ickiness. Okay, thank you, sir. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> my five-year-old niece uh, just loves butchering, or excuse me, barbering her Barbie dolls. Yes. And so as a little gift when I was babysitting, I bought a Halloween wig and let her cut my hair. And, if, and it is a scary story because if imagine a five-year-old girl with sharp knife behind your back. Mm. Or, I'm sorry, sharp scissors behind yeah, your back. No, I, yeah, no, I would not do that, by the way. That's... Oh, I'm a brave, brave man. No, I would, that's not a thing. I don't think, no, no, because, you know, that's exactly one of those bad seed moments where the family, they immediately cuts to the family talking about you in the past tense, saying, well, it seemed like a good idea. So, all right. <laughs> oh, and I do know about Halloween teeth. Uh, they have changed. Okay. Uh, the technology has improved. You actually can get little Halloween caps, just caps for the incisors. So then they do they they slip over your teeth, or is it like Correct. some sort of a spirit gum you like glue them on or something? It's it's a uh, it actually looks like cotton, but when you get it wet, it's sticky, and you just stick them. Just it's two points, two points for each, uh, one for each all incisor. Right. Excellent, fantastic. Because the other ones were and the other ones were all gross again because they just were all spitty after a while, and oh, you yeah. had to like shake them out. It was disgusting. Like having, like having one of your, you know, like, like, a, like an NFL mouth guard or something, and it was no fun. I'd love to, yeah. Yeah, it's just all, yeah, the drippy stuff. All right. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. All right, there you go, my friend. Thank you, everybody. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, hey, they may have used a flavored condom, but I still think it was in poor taste. Hello? That's your fault. You kind of laughed at that, Sarah. You sort of snorted through your nose at that. That was um, <laughs> that was moderately amusing, sir. Hold on. Yeah, let me, okay. let me yeah. give it a moderately amusing. Let me go. There you go. Thank you. Victory. Uh, okay. There you go. Uh, here's Tim Riley. A judge gave a 35-year-old man probation in a case that police said involved assault with a pickle. Uh, the pickle problem began with Bobby Lee Bolin was with his then-friend Jody. Bobby Lee Bolin? Mm-hmm. Where was this at? Uh, Niles, Michigan. Of course. Uh, Bolin went to the refrigerator to help himself to pickles. Uh, Lee told Bolin he could not afford to feed everyone and not to eat his pickles. Uh, Bolin then began yelling and swearing and stormed out. Later, Bolin barged back into the house and got into an argument with Lee. Lee told police Bolin slammed him down on the couch and threw two large pickles at him and said, Here are your damn pickles. Uh, Bolin also shoved another former friend and beat Lee with a telephone when he tried to call authorities. (laughs) I don't know why being beaten with a phone is funny, but it just is. Of all of the things you can be beaten with, a phone is like, that's in the top, that's in the top ten, I think, as far as being beaten with something funny. So Bowling gets 54 uh, days in jail for the phone and pickle beating. All right. Yeah, don't beat people. I mean, the, the beating, being beaten with a phone is actually funnier to me than being beaten with a pickle. I don't know why. Uh, there are some uh, standards for Halloween costumes today. At uh, one elementary school, princesses and superheroes walk the halls, but there are no Richard Nixons and George Bushes. Who would want to dress up as Richard Nixon in an elementary school? A lifeless, joyless child who will never have sex with anyone. Yes, they have banned costumes depicting uh, political figures, calling what? them inappropriate. Really? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, fine. Masks are generally prohibited at schoals that allow the uh, bizarre on Halloween, as back... are fake weapons. Let me back up for a second. Are Hatchets you... coming out of heads are also frowned upon. What kind of society are we having our children raised into? Are we? Are you telling me 
that they actually proactively decided to tell, like, second graders they couldn't come to school dressed as political figures who were dead 10 years before they were even born. Well, like 20 years before. Was there a big flood of that? Was there a whole bunch of kids who were all, ah, damn it, I was going to come into school with Gerald Ford. If I see one more Richard Nixon costume. Seriously. All right. Sparrow Agnew. I was just going to say, there ought to be no Alexander Hamiltons of any kind at this school. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, no uh, latex either for some reason. They consider it uh, life-threatening. That's called a, that's, the, that's the Curtis Law. Oh, that could be, too. Well, the uh, forecast promises more treats than tricks with mild temperatures and clear skies. Sunset tonight is 559, so kids are going to be knocking on your door around 6 o'clock. Make sure you're home before then to turn off all the lights and pretend you're not home. Uh, remember, these are a few tips to keep your little ghosts and goblins safe. Make sure the costumes are flame retardant and well-fitting. Even pets are getting into the trick-or-treat scene. Uh, dogs are heading out dressed as devils, pumpkins, and witches, and, of course, hot dogs. And uh, Halloween is getting as big as Christmas. People spending a whopping $5 billion. Well, we had that we had that guy uh, in the audience. I meant to email him and have him uh, come down to the studio today. That, did, I, did I talk to you about that in the air about the guy who had the $1,200 Nazgul costume from Lord of the Rings? No. Yes. Yeah, he... He was disappointed we weren't having a listening party. Yeah, he party. called him. Are you having oh, a yeah. Halloween party? He said no. And he goes... This great was pause and then sort of this pathetic sort of when I spent twelve hundred dollars on a Lord of the Nile school costume, uh, I'm sorry, and I, what am I gonna do? And I had no answer. And then he sent me some photographs of it, and it really is wonderful. It's an amazing costume. He came as a ring wraith from Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. But I really am just I mean, it's a fantastic ring wraith costume, but apparently he has uh, like he he was pinning all of his social hopes on us, which is really just like a loser's proposition all the time. Especially in Halloween, because we just decided to pull the ripcord and not do anything in Halloween this year. So I am picturing, every time I picture this guy in his $1,200 Nazgul costume, I just picture him sitting alone, like on the sofa at home, watching King of Queens, and just like a bony hand coming out of the robe occasionally and just spooning some popcorn into his mouth and just moping around to that Charlie Brown, you know, da -na -na, na -na -na, you know, just every, <laughs> this, like the saddest little Nazgul. Oh, that Charles Schultz special was on again last night. I take that I haven't watched the, it. Uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? No, no, that, that uh, biography of him. Oh, the American Bastard? Yeah, the American <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> that was too easy. Um, yeah. That was well, unexpected. Well, let me know if it's good, and then maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, maybe we'll watch it tonight. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Halloween is fun for everyone, and let's make it a Cleveland Clinic Halloween, shall we? Oh, oh, I've just walked away from my computer. See, you can't, can't believe I know, I'm sorry, that's my fault. Where? <laughs> Damn it. Where? Cleveland Clinic. It's a Cleveland Clinic Halloween. There we go. Good job. Uh, make sure you feed the kids a full dinner before the costumes go on. And once the candy starts to come, parents have to set limits. The rule of thumb in my house is always one sweet a day. You can't expect kids not to have a sweet tooth. So um, maybe on Halloween you allow them double that amount because it is a holiday. Two pieces of candy. Boy, you're a real charmer. Your kids aren't going to bludgeon you to death someday. Don't feel too guilty about handing out chocolate. It's one day. You have to consider it one day and many days. And as long as you're providing healthy foods for your kids most of the time, this one day won't make much difference. Does this uh, woman really advocate giving your child two pieces of candy on Halloween? Uh-huh. What a joyless, lifeless, hideous... My mom wouldn't let us Well, it's Cleveland. How much joy could there be? <laughs> there is no joy in Cleveland, because that woman is your mom. It's a destination city. <laughs> um, what, Sarah? Oh, my mom wouldn't let me eat candy. But, I mean, on Halloween? No, she'd only let us have, like, four or five pieces. 
Well, that's just crap. That's what that is. It's got to be stopped. I mean, seriously, I mean, uh, I, my parents would do the whole thing, and it was a self-regulating uh, deal. My parents, when I got old enough to trick-or-treat and was old enough to sort of, you know, because you're like two, they can't let you just do it because you'll just, you know, whatever. You just shove anything in your mouth, cigarettes, and just, you know, what, anything into the fireplace poker, whatever's around. We used to get candy cigarettes. Yeah, uh, candy. I remember. You know, they still sell those, actually. Where can you find them? Um, Where was I? Was it a while back? Maybe they're not legal, but I did see them. It was at some store. I was at some store and they sold the candy cigarettes. I don't know if they still do the, the fake I like candy cigarettes. I think candy cigarettes are kind of cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't smoke, and I've never smoked, and I had candy cigarettes. So everybody can just uh, they can just think on that. So I, but my when I got to be old enough to sort of determine my own candy input, uh, my parents would. Uh, my mom said, "Well, look, you can have as much as you want, but a, you know, that's that's kind of all there is. So when it's gone, don't don't whine about it. And b, if you get sick, don't expect any sympathy from me." And that, you know what? And the first year, I'm like, well, I'm going to have all of it. And, of course, that was just a mistake because, you know, because then like half an hour later, uh, you have all of it again except in liquid form. And, B, uh, you know, the next day, all your friends are at school with you eat a candy. You're like, well, I ate all mine last night. And then I vomited, you know, and that's no fun. So you just learn to start regulating yourself. Yeah, the parents are no fun. God, parents suck. All of them. Yes. <laughs> that's it. They're the problem. That's what it is. It's time for a it's time for a kid nation kind of thing. Is that show on the air? Kid nation, kid zone, kid town. Maybe? I think it is, but people stop talking about it on the second episode. When it stopped, because when well, it no, well nobody died. Children? Nobody died in the first episode, so people <laughs> lost interest basically. When nobody lost a limb right off the bat. Oh, all right. Well, anyway. All right. Let's go around the room. Best candy to get on Halloween when you were a kid. Go. Oh. I don't know anything like chocolate. I still love Butterfingers. See, Butterfingers are really good. I I can only eat those every now and again though, because they're kind of a little much for my taste. They have those Butterfinger wafer things now that are actually and any kind of Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup in some weird kind of shape. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you ever have those the banana ones that they put out, the Elvis ones? No, I saw them when I almost bought them. I have some upstairs. Yeah. They've been in my bag for like six months. Not a real big candy girl. Yeah, me. I'm really not either. You like a lot of sweets though. You eat the coffee cake. Coffee, well, as you know, it's like cookies and sort of pastries, like a bear claw here on KCMD Portland, a bear claw or like a Danish or something. Occasionally, though, I will like a candy. You know what I like? Almond Joy. I'm a big oh. fan of Almond Joy. Coconut I like. Uh, coconut I'm a big fan of. Tim Riley. Two, my favorite place to go was the place where they handed out boxes of Cracker Jacks. Now, that must have been expensive. Boxes of Cracker Jacks? Yeah, boxes whole, of Like, cracker- is it a regulation size? Yeah, regular box of Cracker Jacks. These rich people lived up the hill from me. Uh, we never had any, we didn't have anybody rich in our neighborhood. We just had cops and dentists. Oh yeah, these like people the are so rich. Fun. They had life-size reindeer in Santa Claus's sleigh on Christmas. All lit up. Now, what, were they were they plastic? Were they inflatable? I believe they were made out of wood. Oh, that is really cool. And these people, big house, you ring the door, clang, 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 clang. Oh, it's one of those houses. Yeah. No, see, we didn't have anything mm. like that. No, these are like rich people with no kids. Yeah. I lived in a whole street full of these people. Um, and they had money to burn. I see. Uh, we didn't. We had, at one point, as many as four. But mm-hmm. then later, it was three cops who lived in our street. And there was a dentist on either side. And I don't know if I just drew the short straw or whatever in my well, childdom. As, as you get to the bottom of the hill, it gets more Catholic. And then there are kids everywhere. <laughs> and then they're just giving up Bible verses. 
just, just Ned Flanders giving you a pencil with the Lord's Prayer written on the side of it. The flatter the terrain, the poorer the people. <laughs> Rich people always live at the top of the hill. That is true. To I look had, down on the Hoi Poloa. To look down on everyone else, as is their right. You can come to their homes, but only on Halloween. You may only stay for 35 seconds, and then they hustle you off with a cattle prod. No, you just follow the circular driveway. You know how to get out. That's true. And, you know, and rich houses always do have the circular driveway to make it easier for you to leave, mm-hmm. to make it easier for the gardener to find his way out when he's done. No signs are necessary. No, no, no. All right. Uh, well, let's do uh, one more call and another sh- one more story, and then we'll talk to CNN Radio Correspondent Ed McCarthy. Hello, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hey, it's Peter. I have a phone beating for you, I was catching like every other syllable there. What? I said, I have a phone beating story. Fantastic. Uh, before we were in school, like when we were really young kids, uh, my mom got a nanny for us who was this huge black woman from the South named Zelda. <laughs> or Zelma, excuse me. Zelma. Zelma. Okay. <laughs> Not Zelda. Um, Doesn't matter to me. I don't know her. Uh, so she was this huge black woman, had all gold teeth. And uh, she mm. went, and the first thing she bought for our house. Before, before Wait, how? Let well, me hold on. Let's stop here. How old were you? I was probably five years old. Was uh, was I mean was a huge woman with a mouthful of gold teeth kind of frightening to you? Did you feel like it was Richard Keel from the James Bond <laughs> films coming after you? Well, she was she was normally very nice. In fact, she turned me on to the Price is Right. We used to watch it every day. <laughs> was she an immigrant or was she from the was she from no, America? She was, she was from North Carolina. Okay, so she wasn't so it wasn't like a Caribbean woman who also had a weird accent on top of the teeth and the hugeness and the you know. Well, she, Strange your bones to make me bread, laddie. You know, one of those. Okay, all right. So, okay. Anyways, the first thing she bought for our house was a 30-foot phone cord. And when we were bad, she would she would lose the one that literally would go outside and have us cut our own switches to beat us with. Of course. <laughs> and she, we had big wooden spoons that she would break over us. <laughs> and my mom loved it. My mom laughed every time we told her about it. She thought it was great. Well, you know, I've told her my grandmother did the same thing, but my grandmother, did, tell me if she did this, my grandmother's thing was... And this didn't happen very often, but when I misbehaved, my grandmother would, like, send us out, and she would send us out to get a switch, which is, of course, that's like a, you know, what it's like a little thin branch off a tree. But my grandmother's thing was that if the switch you brought in wasn't the right size, she, oh, would, yeah. go, she would go get one herself. No, and this, and this woman was unreal. She would bring in a switch that still had leaves on it. Uh-huh. She would hold the tip and just run her hand down and strip every leaf off it in one before beating you savagely. <laughs> ah, childhood. Now, where does the phone beating come into this? I was promised a phone beating. Well, no, it was, like I said, the first, the first thing she bought was an extra long phone cord, so we tried to run away, she could come after her. Oh, see, I didn't know she was actually using the phone cord. To, now, was she using the phone cord to lasso you or to no. actually just hit you with? No, the, the phone cord didn't, didn't play any role, except for the fact that she could bring the receiver to us. Oh, I see. I see. I see. So, so if she was on the phone and you decided to run away, she could actually run after you to give you a savage beating while not having to terminate her conversation. It was very much Mortal Kombat style. Get over here! <laughs> <laughs> the great reference. Fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. All right, there you go. She beat those little crackers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Toasty! All right, let's welcome now to the show. Best show ever. From the South, CNN Radio correspondent and mellow man of the world, Ed McCarthy. Hello, sir. Rick, how are you? You know, when I grew up, all the poor people lived on the top of the hill. Because we were from New England. We didn't have any flat spots. Tim? Except if you're from New Hampshire. See, I don't know anything about New England. Uh, I don't think I've ever been to New... Let me ask you this. Ed McCarthy, Tim Riley, you all are New Englanders. Yes. What exactly is encompassed by New England? Six states. 
Really? Ed, is that true? Do you agree? I agree with Tim. Okay, now let's see. Hold on. Tim, can you write down the six states that are encompassed by New England, please? Sure. And then I'm going to have don't, Ed, don't answer quite yet. Tim is going to write down the six states uh, that comprise New England, and then we will uh, we will then com uh, compare answers here. Uh, at the end. In the meantime, uh, uh, Ed McCarthy, so what's up? They've got you talking about the psychological underpinnings of Halloween. Yeah. Halloween is kind of weird, and can I just make this one observation just as a lead into your thing? I don't mean to be morbid, but I do kind of think about stuff sometimes. And I was um, walking upstairs in our lobby and our conference room today, actually. They're having a huge Halloween thing upstairs right now. But our lobby, our gatekeeper up there, Dave Zinn, has been decorating the office. And there is one main door upstairs that everyone most must go through uh, in and out of the building. There is only one door in and out if you're upstairs. And... It's a huge glass door that is covered on both sides by a gigantic Grim Reaper with glowing red eyes oh holding a scythe. Now, again, I don't wish to seem morbid, but the law of averages dictates that over the course of the three weeks of the giant Grim Reaper with the scythe, who, by the way, is like... He's sort of huddled over a tombstone, like holding the scythe up, looking menacing because he's, you know, death. Doesn't the law of average, averages dictate that at some point... Somebody who just lost somebody to some sort of horrific death is going to have to walk through that door or come into the office at some point. It just seems like that's a lot of awkwardness in the making. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. You know, it's the law of averages. Somebody's older brother just got killed in a wheat threshing machine. He's going to have to come to work and stand there while the Grim Reaper stares at him with, like, red eyes clutching aside and sort of giggling. It's all very strange. Well, it's supposed to be fun, Rick, you know? No, no, it's fun for me. Uh, fun for me, too. And nobody I know got killed in a threshing machine. Not today, anyway. Uh, all right, so, so they had you talking to some guy about Halloween. Yeah, I spoke with a psychologist in Los Angeles, uh, Robert Butterworth is his name, and, you know, he's talking about it. He says, you know, they're not making it fun for kids anymore. They're taking the fun out of it. But more and more adults are into it now with the costumes and, and always out for parties and, you know, even out trick-or-treating now. So it, it's, it's a little different. This is big business. It's, uh, you know, I was talking to one manager at a store, and he says, he says this is uh, actually our Christmas. Uh, they make like, oh, what is it, like uh, $5 billion uh, this year. And I guess they say every average family spends 67 bucks uh, on Halloween. Well, I do believe this is because of, and there's this term that they use now that they never used to use. It's a term called adultolescent. And I know what an adultolescent is because that is our target demographic. Uh, it, is, it is the guys who are technically adults, uh, but who just spend lots and lots of disposable income on stuff that you would traditionally associate uh, with uh, with being for younger people. That's right. Same guys that buy an Xbox 360, even though they're 37 years old. And they love it. You yeah, know, exactly. It, 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 it says there's so many adults that dress up, and it's really the side they're hiding. That's pretty scary when you think about it. So, yeah, so there's just a huge amount. And I don't think it was that way uh, 15 years ago. I think it is sort of a recent development that adults... I think Halloween, I don't know if it's good or bad, Halloween used to be a thing for kids, and now it is just an excuse for mom and dad to go to some, you know, to, to go get blitzed at their neighbor's house while wearing, like, a badly designed witch costume. <laughs> or, or a badly designed French-made costume. Exactly. Or is, And we're going to actually, we're talking later on, uh, to, and that's another thing, by the way, Just and I know that Tom Likas was talking about this the last couple of days, the proliferation of sexy Halloween costumes always always, always worn by people who ought not to be dressing sexily. Do you know what I mean? It's true. It really is always some woman who weighs 18 stone and is built like a brick privy. Uh, and, you know, and she's just like, what are you? Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cat woman, you know? And it's just like the worst thing on earth. 
Um, and then Steve, Steve Kastelbaum is actually going to be talking to us later on in New York City, uh, where there's in Greenwich Village, there's a, the, the Halloween parade, very much as, as, as it has been termed, the, the gay Christmas, where it's just a whole lot of, I mean, it's just, because it is just a huge excuse to just be massively flamboyant. So that, again, plays into the whole business of it just becoming very much an adult thing, which is fine with me. I have no children, so it doesn't affect me one way or the other. And, you know, the, the quote from this guy that I thought was the best, you know, he says, uh, it's all right to be uh, a character uh, that uh, you see, like, out of a movie, you know, like, like a murderous-type character, but just, you know, you can act the part. Just don't be the part. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm going to go as Jim Roop uh, next year for Halloween. I'm just going to wear a bunch of pants that have been, you know, set on fire and Ray-Ban sunglasses, and I'll be set. I'll be fine. All right. Roop would be fun to go with. Big, uh, big plans for your Halloween, sir. Actually, uh, just going to be uh, standing outside and uh, handing out the candy. We, uh, we got a load of it, so I hope we have a good turnout. Handing out small bottles of vodka to the children. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. We uh, wouldn't do that. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will talk to you soon. Oh, wait. Hold oh, But By the way, by the way, so you have, do you have the six states that are New England, sir? Yeah, I do. All right. So, Tim, do you have your list? I do. All right. So go ahead, Ed. All right. Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Vermont, Maine, and New Hampshire. Now, Tim Riley has a look on his face indicating you do not have the same list of states. New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. Wait, is that the same? That's the same list. Was it the same? It is, but the order of importance is reversed. <laughs> oh, I, noticed, I noticed this gentleman starts with southern New England, and okay, I start I with... started from southern... Well, that's because that's where I'm from. See, isn't that funny? <laughs> you know, you that. Oh, I see. So sort of in a global... You know what it is now? In a global sense, Tim Riley is that man on the hill looking down at you. Exactly. He's up in New Hampshire, and I was down in Connecticut, so I started from the bottom up, and he started from the top down. <laughs> you, I, I you, can understand that. That's the, 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 the look on Tim's face is he just arched a disapproving eyebrow <laughs> as, you're, as the order of your states became apparent and Tim just sort of a sort of a well I'm afraid I'm gonna have to differ with you Ed no southern New Hampshire is a beautiful part of New England I prefer the northern <laughs> it's all great it's yeah, all great. great Ed enjoy the rest of your day my brother thank you sir thank you so much there you go fantastic so you see there are regional differences no it's in true. order of importance I, I I never see these he's from the flatland these are <laughs> he's a commoner these are all things I would not have known uh, Nothing against those people. I've been in Connecticut a couple times myself. Nothing against those people. I've had them in my home. I don't want my sister to marry one, but that's okay. We're closer to Cape Cod than Tucker. <laughs> Sarah, you have this look on your face like you're about to say something. I, it's a little random. I'm sorry. It's a little off topic. But uh -huh. you know how much we love the New York Post here, right? <laughs> yes. Um, my sister just got a call from a woman she interviewed with, and they're inviting her to send in some of her writing to the New York Post. Oh, come on! Are you kidding me? How great is that? I hope it's page six. She said she, it might be page six. There are a couple options. They oh, want that's her to, the best thing ever. They want her to um, write a few articles and send them in. <sighs> that is wonderful. Hey, did I ever tell you guys uh, what I tried to buy for all of us in England but failed? You know, uh, The Sun yeah. has no merchandise. The Sun newspaper, the Sun tabloid, which is, of course, what, uh, I don't know if it's the paper, but it's very much, it's the, it, I would say the Sun is, is sort of the definitive uh, England, uh, English tabloid, and it's what the New York Post, I think, is really, really modeled on. I, I, I called them up, and actually my wife called them up, and she said, uh, she said, uh, why, hi, uh, could we come by, do you, have, do you sell any t-shirts or merchandise? And the woman was all sort of British, but she's, for what purpose? And my wife said, because we, we think your newspaper's rad, and we want to wear your stuff back to Americans. I do not believe we deal in merchandise at the sun. Thank you. Go away. 
You peasant, stupid yank. <laughs> yeah, totally, exactly. Colonist. Uh, so, yeah, they, they, the, the sun didn't tell me. I tried to buy us all, like, I was going to get us all, like, mugs and hats and shirts and whatnot for the sun, and they had nothing. Why don't you go dump our tea into the hut? <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, this email, oh, this, okay, here we go. This is about phone beatings. Okay, this guy's got it right. Listen to this. Rick, I'm not positive, but I think the funny part of being beaten with a phone or doing the beating, perhaps. The funny part of a phone beating is the idea that with an older phone, every time the telephone smacks into the person that wouldn't give you some food, it'll make that tiny cling from the bell inside the phone. <laughs> sort of a smash, cling, smash, cling. Here's your damn pickle. Smash, cling. That really, that is exactly what it is. Just the idea of just like the, the beating with the tiny, delicate little sound of an angel getting its wings. Smash, cling. That is funny. Um, let's see, Rick. I'm unaware if you've revealed your Halloween costume yet, but my guess is Tobias Funke is Mrs. Featherbottom. Oh, I should have thought about that. No, I'm not. I won't be dressing up tonight. I dressed up on Saturday. Our costume, we do. We, I think I might dress up tonight. I don't know yet. As your, can I can I say what it is? Yeah. Mrs. Peacock from yeah. Clue. No, you already said that. We already talked about it on the air. Okay. Yeah. I think I might wear it again. I really like the dress. And ours was great. The really sad part of it is, though, is because Laura and I went as Mormon missionaries. And the the really sad part is, A, well, I, I look, I just say this with all humility. I think I looked fantastic. I think I made a wonderful Mormon missionary. And the great part about it is, no one had to even... Did you use your spray on hair? That's a terrible thing no, to say. No, because that's whenever you say that I was really fantastic <laughs> with the costumes when you use that black, Sid Vicious spray on. No, I just... Because I could see no, you with, uh, as Black Morton... I totally just... I used Martin product and totally just brought in my hair really close, so it looked very close cropped. White shirt, black dockers, black tie, rolled up, backpack. A bike helmet? Uh, not a bike helmet. Um, backpack totally the and bike then helmet. clutching the Book of Mormon. Uh, and the sad thing is, A, how well I pulled it off, and B, how we had everything we needed to make matching missionary costumes, like, in the house. Because Laura's like, wait, hold on, oh, let me get my Mormon box. And she just went down to the basement and brought up her big box of Mormon crap stuff, thing, uh, religious uh, crap. And it, she had, like, nine books of Mormon, of course, because you can never have too many. And she still actually had her actual, I had a fake name tag that I made here with a laminating machine. She actually had her real Mormon missionary badge thing. You know, mm -hmm. it was like Sister Lara, blah, 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 Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's pretty awesome. It was pretty great, actually. And everybody immediately, it was the best costume because everybody looked and they immediately knew what it was. You didn't have to explain it. Uh, and then I saw uh, Justin there with his uh, with his girlfriend. And I was... New lady for, well, with, not new so much anymore. Uh, no. Wait, what? Um, that wasn't supposed to be awkward. No, nothing. What? What? Ooh. Anyway... They were dressed as bacon and eggs, and I was no disrespect to Justin. I was I was really impressed oh, until matching I... costumes. That's just freaking adorable. <laughs> yes, it's very childish. I'm just kidding. Who let, Stop. Who let that cat in the room? Oh my God, Justin um, and I are friends. No, I'm just saying their costume was really great, uh, but they were bacon and eggs. And then I found out that oh, they, did they make they, them? They bought. Then I found out they bought the costume, oh. which is less impressive, but it was still kind of cool. They see the thing is they should have lied because I said, hey, did you make those? And because I never, I still have never seen anybody else wearing it. And if he'd gone, yeah, we made this myself. Like I, I totally would have been impressed if he'd said the little lady uh, whipped that up at home. Uh, but, uh, but no, apparently they bought that at a Walmart or something. So I would have been impressed if the little lady would have whipped it up at home. You know what? Why I'm does saying. she have to make the costume, Rick? 
It's women's work. Is Justin really skilled with a thimble? Is Justin the is Justin a needle and thread kind of guy? Well, he does have a strangely fashionable My house. My friend Jay is a is a really good seamstress. Which Jay? Jay, Lisa, and JJ. Really? Yeah, he can sew anything. Remember, he sewed the uh, the seat covers on your on. Or... I didn't know he sewed them. I thought that the, he I knew he put them in, but I didn't know uh, no, that he that, had to fix them. That was a completely different color. He actually put on. Uh, he made and put that on brand impressive. new seat covers in your for your forerunner. Okay, that is impressive. Yeah, he's, I am make, legitimately... he's making Lisa a diaper bag right well, now. Can I really? Mm-hmm. No, he's making all cool. It's all black he, and sparkly. He, does he want to do this because he wants to, or is that a whole, like, he's being made to sew no. a diaper bag? No, he surprised her. Okay. He loves, he's all crafty. Okay. He makes things all the and time. And I mean this sincerely. I mean this sincerely now. I'm not trying to be Eddie Haskell about this. That is really great. But let's also acknowledge, if the situation wasn't that, if she was making him sew a diaper bag, let's all say that's the most deballing thing in the history of all deballing. No, I was actually over at their house. When Make came, me a diaper bag! He came back from Joanne's Fabrics, and he was all excited. Okay. Uh, if, he wasn't look, like, if he wasn't like 6'2 and giant was Mexican with like scars on his head, I was going to say, was that guy could beat me into dust. So he's, I'm not saying anything bad about Jay. And I really think it, I do, look, I am envious of people who can do that. I'll give you an example. I was wearing that shirt last week, which because of my enormous girth, I have, I have this one button, like second from the bottom, that keeps, the button keeps popping out. And, and actually, all, all kidding aside, it is because the buttonhole is slight, it's been torn just a tiny bit. And so I'm walking through, the office all day having to constantly put this button back through the buttonhole. And, of course, I'm sure that's a simple operation. I'm sure Jay could do that in nine seconds. He could fix that. Or anybody who's good with a needle and thread, they could fix that buttonhole like that. I can't. And so I have to do one of two things. Either, like, make puppy dog eyes at my wife long enough for, she, for her to fix it. Will you please fix my shirt? Or, like, take it to the woman across the street who will charge me, like, you know, three ninety nine to do it. So... I, I always know. say things like that to the Oriental Laundry. Yeah. Yes. Is that the one across the street? No, I have one next to my house, too. Really? It's a good one. Now, uh, let's see. And then this says, Rick, the best candy to receive is either flavored Tootsie Rolls, individually wrapped jelly bears, or old-timey root beer barrel hard candies. I haven't had those forever. I like Sky Bars, too, but they don't have them here. No, no. You know what? I had a Sky Bar while I was uh, overseas, actually. When I was in the U.K., I had one. Because I hadn't had a Sky Bar forever. The last time I had a Sky Bar was... At some weird fancy candy store where I used to, you know, the simplest place I used to live in, they have those. Um, all right, let's do these, and then we'll uh, do these calls, and we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Okay, I can hear the radio on in the background. Mm. <clears throat> Is this Representative Curtis... Okay, yeah, just hang up for all that. Thanks. Bye. What are you wearing? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. What am I wearing? No, not you. Uh, sure, what are you wearing? Uh, you don't want to know. No, no I do. Kidding. Now I have to know. What are you wearing? Oh, just a jeans and a sweatshirt, man. Uh, are you wearing anything underneath the sweatshirt, or is it pressing up against your man flesh? I, I don't I don't feel comfortable with this line <laughs> of questioning. Do you want to go to the Davenport Inn in Spokane? <laughs> What's up, sir? Oh, I just, uh, I gotta set this up just a little bit. I've been sick for a few days, and I got to work at 3 o'clock in the morning, just broke my fever last night, so already started the day kind of rough. And right. it's Halloween, I get to a, a certain grocery store in Southeast. I won't say the name, but I can't afford to buy groceries there. Okay. And I'm doing my job. I'm a delivery guy, and their uh, back is completely flooded out, and they got Rotor Rooter out there, and I'm 
coming with my stuff and I'm thinking, you know, this is like raw sewage or something. There's just water everywhere and it's like, and I'm just like, is this sewage? Is this safe? And the guy's, oh, it's fine. And so I start pushing my cart through there and he's, oh, there's a couple dead rats floating. Oh. And I look over and sure enough, I see a couple dead rats floating. Okay, and so let's not identify the, the store. I'm trying to, you said you can't afford to shop there. It's in Southeast? Yeah, it's actually, you know, you can't see it as a customer. It's in the back, so it's not any. I was just going to say, I was wondering if this was any place that, the, you know, any place that anybody listening was going to be going so you could spot it by the dead rats. That is a great way to start your day. You're sick, you walk in, lots of water filled with dead rodents floating. Yeah, and the smell. Just let me tell you, that I, I haven't eaten since then. And I have a little topper, uh, secondly, that entered my head okay. because of your show. Sure. I also delivered to hospitals, and I was in there, and I heard something come over the speakers I've never heard before, and I'm not sure if it's what you said it was. But they said code 99, code 99, and I almost swore that was the number you said was a death, but I could be wrong. Well, now I don't know. Well, code 99, uh, code uh, 99, I think, is, now. Nah, see, I'm just making stuff up now. I used to kind of know that stuff because my mom would tell me, but I don't really know anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah, it might vary from hospital to hospital. Code 99 might, in fact, be uh, be death. I don't know. We'll look into it. We'll find out. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. Watch out for rats. All right. There you go. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. All right, we should uh, take a break, don't you think? Why not? All right, back after this, uh, we'll talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. More from Tim Riley. Uh, we'll talk about this. Uh, this is, feels sort of obligatory, but I might as well do it. We got this uh, stupid list of... I feel like a hack even even saying this. There's a list of... theme song? One of the scariest Halloween films of all time. It makes me tired even teasing it. But it's like only one day a year when you can do it, so we'll read that list. It's undoubtedly wrong. Uh, back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. It's Halifax. Show it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It is Halloween. Uh, coming up later on, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us. Uh, top five and so forth, plus more from Tim Riley and whatnot. Oh, and we'll get to the bottom of the Lardice mystery. I promise that we will not. The show will not end until we solve that. I'll stay here all night if necessary. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, Mr. Skin. Hello, sir. Hey, Rick. How's it going? Hey, heard you on, uh, was it uh, two days ago? Three days ago, you were in uh, Tom Likas. Yeah, I was out in L.A. Uh, promoting my new book, and uh, it was, uh, i got to say, there's a lot of traffic in that city. No, it's and well, and I have to tell you this also, not to make a bad pun, but I heard you talking about that on like you were talking about the the, the book uh, on the Tom Likas show, uh-huh. and 
which is you know carried here on the station, and oh, okay. the traffic. As soon as you mentioned the book, the traffic of salespeople walking into my office because they had seen that book sitting on my shelf, <laughs> and they would all kind of come in and do this nonchalant sort of, hey, uh, so yeah, some weather we're having. Do you have that book about Mr. Skin that's all about boobs? <laughs> so anyway, so what's up in the world of Mr. Skin, my friend? Well, I thought instead of doing my normal weekly update on what's new uh, in theaters and DVD, I thought because it's Halloween, I'd give you a little list of some of my favorite horror movies featuring great celebrity nudity. And as you know, Rick, uh, horror movies and nudity go hand in hand. Absolutely, they do. uh, To narrow it down to a few is very tough, but I'll give you some of my favorites. As an example, the granddaddy of all slasher movies was the 1978 film Halloween. And Jamie Lee Curtis was in that movie. A very young Jamie Lee Curtis was in that movie. Not naked, but it was, uh, if you remember that movie, you, you were probably thinking at the time, wow, I hope that girl gets in some other movies where she'll be nude and she actually did later on in trading places but the good nudity in that film was done by a girl named pj souls who would later go on to be in the movie stripes and get the aunt jemima treatment from bill murray she is also in rock and roll high school with the ramones great call great call and she she had that window from like 77 to 83 where she was pretty popular and she has a real nice topless scene an hour and 16 minutes into Halloween now if you don't mind the fact that there's an actual phone cord wrapped around her uh, neck because it's a <laughs> horror movie and hey that's the price you pay in horror movies you know another example of a good horror movie and good nudity is The Devil's Advocate from 1997 this is uh, Al Pacino's uh, uh, has a law firm and uh, Keanu Reeves sells his soul to the devil and uh, fun and nudity ensues. Charlize Theron plays Keanu Reeves' wife in this and has a really incredible uh, full frontal scene, if you don't mind the fact that she's uh, all cut up and it's in a church. So, uh, <laughs> But it is great nudity and Devil's Advocate. It's a, a really cool horror I don't movie. even remember that. I guess I, have a lot of, I guess I haven't seen that since the first time I, it was in the theater. Oh, yeah, so. that's, a, that's a classic. Excellent. No question about it. Uh, and, and I'd have to say I, I consider this uh, the Citizen Kane of celeb nude horror movies. Embrace of the Vampire. Is a, you got it. You got it. And this... You know, I, anyone who's heard me t- talk nudity on the radio has probably heard me mention this movie. And I've, I have to say I've done more for sales of this DVD than uh, any PR firm in the history of, of movies. But uh, the reason is Alyssa Milano, after Who's the Boss, kind of disappeared for a few years and started to do some straight-to-DVD fare. And one of them was this Embrace of the Vampire. And what's so great about the movie is not that it's a great horror movie. It's the fact that Alyssa Milano is not only naked, uh, you know, multiple times, but there's girl-girl action, group action, everything you can imagine, and it's all starring uh, former Who's the Boss babe, Alyssa Milano. So a couple good horror movies with great nudity for you if you're thinking of renting anything tonight. Excellent, my friend. As always, it's a pleasure. It's Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Rick. Take all care, right, man. There you go. Bye. Mr. Skin, ladies and gentlemen. All right. And you know how it's weird that you, when you hear somebody on, a microphone as opposed to hearing them on the phone. Their voices sound different. I actually didn't even recognize him for a while on Lycus. Uh, Lycus, there's, you know, some guy in the studio. I didn't even know who it was. And then I heard him say, the book is Mr. Skin's video guide or whatever. So, anyway, so there you go. Do try to catch it. Uh, this email says, Rick, 
I'm not going to start this whole thing quite yet. Don't 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 call or email about this yet. But I will say just a little bit of it. We will do kind of a Halloween high concept thing later on. Uh, but this one says, Rick, my scariest movie is The Changeling with George C. Scott. Uh, he says, I was about eight years old when I saw the movie. There's a scene that he was in a burning house while being chased by an empty wheelchair. I do remember that. It's freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, the Changeling. God, is that the one that also has Vincent Price and somebody in that house of long shadows? Somebody else is in The Changeling. I can't remember who. Well, whatever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Now, did you know that P.J. Souls in her death scene in Carrie was actually knocked unconscious really? by the water hose? It actually tore her eardrum, and she really isn't conscious with that scene. It tore her eardrum? Yeah. That's unpleasant. For those who don't remember, remember the chick with the baseball cap? That was her. Yeah, boy, she was really... You know, the, the great thing about P.J. Souls... Born in 1950. I was just going to say, she's almost sick. God damn. Mm. That'll, that'll F with Born your head. Born in 1950. That will really screw with your head. Think about it. When you realize that hot He's girl close to from, retirement. from Halloween is uh, the same age as, well, not the same age as, as my mom or my dad, but I mean, it re- really could be my grandmother almost. Mm-hmm. Um, really? PJ Souls is almost 60. Yeah. That hot girl from Halloween is That's 60. <laughs> What's married to Dennis Quaid? Really? Go Dennis Quaid when? 1978 to uh, 1983. Good for him, right there in the, the hot in the prime years. <laughs> okay, I know that everybody else goes. I know that everyone goes through this period though, where uh, you know, because you know, we've talked about actresses from way back when. Who's this chick? P.J. Souls, S-O-L-E-S. No, the movie Carrie is 31 years old. Yep, yes, it is. 31, and not terribly good. I I know that it was fun. It was a fun movie at the time. Yeah. It has it's aged kind of badly. That was um, the best thing out there at the theaters back then. I mean, there are some great moments in Carrie still, but like that thing about the hand coming out of the grave at the end, I'm not with that. Um, hey, what is she? Where, where are you looking at? I look at her IMDb. I recognize her. She's the slutty blonde friend, right? Yes, she was the slutty blonde the friend in, the, in these slasher films. Um, Hard to believe they had them back then. She I thought you were talking about the girl with the brown hair and the baseball cap. The one who gets killed in the laundry room? No, 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 she no, wore no, a red no. baseball. This is the no. She did wear a baseball cap. This is the girl in Halloween. She has sex with a guy. He goes to get beer. Um, is she babysitting or something? No. No, no, no. no, no that's what's-her-name. That's okay. a different girl. She does get killed um, in the car garage, I think. The garage where the car is. It's, it's by the way, it's emblematic of, Amer- of American slasher films. We can't even remember the deaths. They're all just so generic. Um, no, in Halloween, PJ Souls is the girl. She has sex with a guy. Replicated chopper shot on the terrible Rob Zombie remake, by the way. Um, she has sex with a guy in the mattress. He goes to get a beer. He comes back, or she thinks it's him, and he's in a sheet, but with the glasses over the sheet. And he's got the sheet over him like he's a ghost, but he's got the glasses uh-huh. over the sheet holding the beer. And she's like, well, give me the beer. And he just stands there, and he won't respond, so she gets all pissy. Uh, and and then it's like he falls over dead or whatever, and then and then Jay, uh, you know Mike Myers appears and kills her. Okay. Uh, she's there. She's in Rock and Roll High School. She's Did she play Riff Randall? Who did she play in, in Rock and Roll High School? Let's see what Riff Randall, rock and roller. Um, Riff Randall. Riff Randall, yeah. yeah. She was Riff Randall in, in Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones. Uh, she was in Carrie and just was really... Oh, she was in Breaking Away, too. Really? I haven't seen Breaking Away forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susie. But uh, anyway, just was really kind of a great all-American tomboy kind of cute. Oh, Boy in the Plastic Bubble? <sighs> Boy in the Plastic Bubble I saw different. on television when I was really young. Who did she play? She wasn't Travolta's love interest, was she? She was Deborah. 
Was she the girl that teaches Travolta how to love, even though they have to kiss through the plastic of the bubble? Oh, that's gross. <laughs> um, the uh, you know, Representative Curtis wouldn't have that. He'd have you just kiss, just, uh, just hot lips on lips. Well, whatever. Anyway, so it's just weird to think, you know, I've talked about older women, uh, you know, women who are older now that were hot at one time, but of course I never knew them that way. And of course the perfect example of that is Elizabeth Taylor. You think of Elizabeth Taylor now, all of us, and you just picture old, fat, ugly, weird, bloated, eight marriages, strange looking. Man, you go back and look at those photographs of Liz Taylor uh, from when she was uh, like American Velvet and then that era. It was just, I mean... Unbelievably gorgeous. I mean, I just at, watched a cat on the Hudson roof over the weekend. Oh, yeah. it was spectacular. And I mean, Elizabeth Taylor was not just gorgeous in that sort of like, well, she was a handsome woman kind of way that some women from that era kind of are. She was flat out like screamingly sexy. I mean, just off the charts beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, but it's weird, you know, to, to sort of see that now with somebody who was sort of from my time, from my generation, like P.J. Stills, to realize that she is 60 years of age. Because, of course, in my head, and this is, of course, the sad thing about being an actress or an actor sometimes, is that the public immediately just casts you in one mold. And then you try to advance past that, and everybody's like, yeah, but, yeah, but you were that girl in Halloween. And, you know, meanwhile, she's, she's like trying to be in King Lear or something. And everybody's like, no, 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 but you were in Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones. Uh, it's just weird to think that she's 60. Damn. Well, okay. Anyway. So uh, there you go. So she's old. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, this just in. A grieving father has won $2.9 million against Fred Phelps. Really? Yeah. Excellent. In your face. Apparently he uh, was protesting his uh, son's funeral. This is uh, Albert Schneider of York, Pennsylvania. He sued the church when specified damages and won. Two point nine. So where does that money come from? Well, Do they have insurance? Let's, and who keeps this church going? I was just, well, I would say largely inbreeding. I would say that if, the, if Fred Phelps and his nutcase family slash congregation do not have $2.9 million, mm -hmm. what will happen to them is what will happen to the idiot nutcase white Aryan nation, uh, whatever they're called, the, the white Aryan resistance or whatever that group was, mm -hmm. the Richard Butler group in, uh, in the Northwest, I think in Washington. I may be getting the particulars of this wrong, and if so, I apologize, because they, because the pinheads all sort of drift together after a while. But there was, I believe, the White Aryan Resistance, which was run by a guy named Richard Butler in uh, 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 Medellene Falls, Washington. And the reason this is significant is because, again, I, I'm sort of piecing the facts together in my head, a little hazy of it. But it, it, like one of their one of their idiot members went out and I don't know, he committed a hate crime or he killed a guy, and the family with the assistance of the Southern Poverty Law Center, sued this hate group. The hate group didn't have any money, and so the woman just ended up owning all of their property, which is great. So it was, I mean, you know, and it, it, in as much as there can ever be a silver lining to any sort of, you know, murder, or any sort of horrible crime, the fact that this black woman ended up owning all of the property, ended up owning their meeting house, their little secret clubhouse where they all met and talked about, you know, the Zionist-occupied government, a black woman ended up owning all of it, owned the name, owned the trademark, ended up owning their logos, and it just, bam, kicked them all off the property. Fantastic. <laughs> Their property now owned by a black woman, which is fantastic. So I would love to see this happen to Fred Phelps. If he doesn't have $2.9 million, they'll take it in trade. They can just buy the uh, land where his uh, alleged church operates. That would make me happy. Well, how would you like to go to hell? No, this isn't some Ron Burgundy thing. We're talking about hell, Michigan. Uh, Michigan is one of just two hells in the world. It's a lifetime membership by John Cologne explains. We do offer a square inch of hell so people can be a property owner in hell. And that's $6.66. Are these old sound bites from days gone by? Yeah. Take out? <laughs> Hell is like many other small towns. I think it's a difference of owning businesses 
in hell and living in hell. This guy's been dead for 10 years. residents in the town of hell itself. There's about 72 of us, and you know, we joke that it's equally split between hellions, hellbillies, and wannabe. Okay. Lots of interest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really honestly not even listening at this point. You're playing those, and I just started reading these emails about Representative Curtis. Rick, about the mustache. Maybe when he was in drag, he tucked his mustache in his lower lip, Buffalo Bill style. Oh, that's unpleasant. Mm. Would you have me? Attractive bicycle, Cam. Mm. <laughs> uh, Rick, I don't know if you're familiar with a band called Local H, but they have a song called Whatever Happened to PJ Souls. Um, the song is pretty awesome. It's about thinking of an ex like an icon who you've lost track of. That's great. All right. Uh, well, let's just roll on forward, shall we? Here's Tim Riley. Well, it won't be long now before the ghosts and goblins are knocking at your door. Make sure you remove anything they, they can stumble over and hurt themselves. You don't want to have any extra stuff out there. You don't want things they may run into in the dark. You want to make sure you've got some adequate lighting around or or maybe a way to steer kids toward the door so that we just make sure that oh, yeah. the trick-or-treaters are safe. Her name is Beatrice Ruth. You just know it is. I'll make sure the kids don't run into traffic. We try very hard with all the excitement to keep the kids using crosswalks, crossing at the corner, certainly being very aware of traffic signals, to look left, right, left before crossing the street. In that order. And also continue to look while crossing a street. Yeah, what you got here is your invisible pedestrian costume. This Power is... of it. Let's go look for a sex offender, shall we? Stay within neighborhood you're familiar with and only visit the homes you know. Stay in your homes. Inform on your neighbors. Trust no one. Uh, Jane Seymour is still a contender on ABC's Dancing with the Stars, providing she's up to the task. Jane Seymour. She missed last night's show. She left host Tom Bergeron amending his remarks used in the opening to explain why. At the start of the show, very start of the show, you heard me say, it's the season... That's had it all. I spoke too soon. No. What we haven't had up until 15 minutes ago is a star with a suspected case of food poisoning. And that's why Jane Seymour is not on the stage tonight. At least you're not still making excuses for Marie Osmond. Was Jane Seymour a Bond girl? I'm not sure. I think she might have been. Don't call about it. It's not that important. Was she um, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman? Yes, she yes. was. Yes, okay. she was. You were on that program, Tim. I was, but you, I have nowhere to be found. Did you? Oh, really? Aww. Yeah, one of those things. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I didn't right. poke an open wound again. Did you wear a mustache? I didn't. I had a hat, though. Really? <laughs> did they put you in a bow tie? A vest? A vest. Okay. Was it a bowler hat? It was. Was it? Was it, was it was, did it make you look? Was it sort of like that touch of authenticity, like yeah. a genuine old west style hat? Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, we now we shouldn't forget. Oh, damn! 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 What happened? No, no, no. Okay, it's all fine. It's all okay. Okay. I'm very concerned. No, here's the thing. Okay. I forgot to do something. You just reminded me. You set up a chain of events in my head like a fuse. Did you forget another contest that we had? No. Well, probably. But no. We're going to make a phone call. Well, not that. Okay, so. Send a letter. I don't even know where to tell you this now because you'll be disappointed. I'm well, used to disappointment. Go ahead. Oh, well, here's the thing. <laughs> doesn't bother me at all. So, you know, on Wednesday, next Wednesday, that is, that movie, uh, Music of the Heart, for which you and Sarah filmed some I don't think extras, that's a correct title. Isn't it called? The Music Within. Music Within, the sorry. Music within. What's Music of the Heart? I don't know. Music that'll, like a, that'll be the next title when it goes to video. It sounds like a blind person <laughs> learned to play the piano. <laughs> It'll be a, a movie nobody will be able to find again. John Rambo, The Music Within. 
so, uh, so yeah, the music within has been canceled. So that no, uh, so that movie in which you guys played extras, and who knows, you may or may not be in the final cut. That debuts this coming Wednesday. You know that may not. I'm just saying that debuts this coming Wednesday on AM 970. Is proud to be the presenting station for that. Now tonight, uh, I'm sorry, rather tomorrow, we're doing that Robert Redford film, Lambs for Lions. Uh, next Wednesday, and this is all Richie Bristol or Richard Bristol. Uh, he has made all of this happen. Uh, next Wednesday, we'll do this film, which uh, stars Sarah and Tim, and also Ron Livingston in a supporting role. Um, Maybe they'll cut out his part. No, 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 no. Somebody had dropped off a preview disc of the movie, but I wasn't able to watch it, and I have to go put it up at the front desk because they're going to stop by and pick it up anytime now. So, okay. All right, it doesn't matter. Hey, I don't, do we have breaking news? Oh, well, hang on. Talk for a minute, please. All right, hold on. Speak for a minute. Keep I'm talking. now speaking for just a second here. I'm talking. I'm Actually, amusing. you were talking I'm to am- yourself. I'm were we off the go. air? No, no, no. No, Tim and I just sit here. Okay, hang on. Hold on. I'm hang on. Hang okay. on. Okay. Breaking Get news. ready to roll Breaking the sounder. Okay. okay, I've got it. Stand by. I, okay. Five, I, four. I don't know what's... Three. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Two. One. Roll the sounder, please. Washington Representative Curtis is resigning. Oh! <laughs> That's right. Richard Curtis announced his resignation from office amid a gay sex scandal. Not gay. Not gay. A not sex scandal. <laughs> he said, quote, Well, I believe we've done some good <laughs> and helped a lot of people during the time I've served in the legislature. Events that have recently uh, come to light have hurt a few people, mostly myself in a certain position. <laughs> I sincerely hope, I sincerely agonize for any pain <laughs> my actions may have caused. More lube, sir. Mm-hmm. I am not gay. <laughs> I am very disappointed by the news reports of the conduct of Representative Curtis and House Republican Leader Richard DeBolt. After discussing this matter with House Republican leaders, he has submitted his resignation, which we feel is best for everyone involved. The troubling details continue to emerge. However, it's become clear we can no longer effectively represent the constituents who elected him. They decided that themselves. We pray for Richard, as good Republicans uh-huh. do. It won't help at this point. <laughs> he could join the, well, former gays if he prays hard enough. And his family have the strength to support every need of the personal challenges they every face. Every need, Tim. Every need. Every need. <laughs> Those ones that are missing can be found in hotel rooms. <laughs> it may take weeks to decide whether or not to charge that other fellow accused of extortion with threatening to out Curtis. Of course, it's no longer a threat. No, <laughs> he's pretty much out there. Excellent. So once again, Representative Curtis, who's not gay, <laughs> but is unemployed, has resigned amid a sex scandal. This was decided by the Republicans. Fantastic. The party that he belongs to. All right. The Family Values Party. The gay old party. The gay old party. That's wonderful. Excellent. More on this story as it develops. All right. I've got a. Uh, I've got a little song uh, a for little Repre- Representative Curtis. Should we play? Uh, former Representative Curtis. Uh, should we play it uh, into the break or out of the break, Sarah? Play it into the break. All right, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is from all of us at our family to. Uh, to all of us, you know, to you, not gay, Representative Curse. All right, back after this is the Rick Emerson Show. You stay right there. How do you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little bright down because when you're not, he thought you were the candy man. 
Hey, Janet. Yes, Brad? I've got something to say. Uh-huh. I really love the... skillful way... you beat the other girls... to the bride's bouquet. is ours, so let's plan it. So please, don't tell me to can it. I've one thing to say, and that's, damn it, Janet, I love you. The road was long, but I ran it. There's a fire in my heart, and you fan it. If there's one fool for you, then I am it. I've one thing to say, and that's, damn it, Janet, I love you. This is really unbelievably gay. <laughs> I think quite possibly the gayest song ever. This song is not and gay. And by gay, I mean happy. Yes. Also gay. Very, very gay. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2. I like chicks and sports. Guns. What not? Uh, Rick, this email says, about the Aryan Nations. Oddly enough, I was just reading a FARC thread about the Westboro Baptist Church at the Fred Phelps Nutcases. As Tim was reading the story, when you talked about that Aryan Nations group that had their property taken away, somebody had posted... Uh, okay, so this... Okay, here we go. So, uh, it, 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 Tom Metzger, uh, who was... Of the leader of the leader, he's the leader. Look, I hate to, I hate to draw this comparison, but he really was the leader, sort of that, the same way that that guy that Scotty works for is a president. You know, he just sort of like sat in an office somewhere, covered in bad wood paneling, kind of called himself leader. Uh, Tom Metzger, who was the leader of the White Aryan Resistance, so yeah, after the suit. Uh, this woman, a black woman whose child, like their son, had been killed by some guys in the white area resistance, whatever. She ended up owning all the property and kicked his ass out on the street. Um, apparently, after the suit, he collected welfare for a while. Now he's a television repairman. His pay is still garnished to chip away at the lawsuit. Suitable ending to his days of being Mr. Racism, I think. And God really does just F some guys right at the end. It's pretty deeply satisfying. Um... And then the the email ends by saying, boy, between the not-gay Republican senator story and the Westboro Baptist Church getting bent over, this might, in fact, be the best show ever. <laughs> I agree, sir. Uh, it's certainly in contention. All right. 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We've got... All right. Now, so you know where we are? We're, we're in that dark... We're in that long, dark tea time of the soul here, where i got about 90 seconds uh, before Steve Kastenbaum calls us. Um, well, what see. can we talk about? Well, I you say that like you have something in mind, do you? No. Oh. Yeah. Well, I got this. I'm holding this thing in my hand here, which is really fascinating. To I just I don't think we have time. I think I have to put this off. The, I. Uh, is it your high concept? No, it's not. No, no, no. The high concept we'll do after we talk to Steve Kastenbaum. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, but uh, good, good save though, uh, because here's what we will do. Uh, after we're done talking to Steve Kastenbaum, which will be in a couple minutes here, uh, and he's. Um, 
uh, he's going to be uh, talking to us about the Greenwich Village uh, Halloween Parade, which is, I think it's, it's like a huge, um, it's like a gay, basically a gay pride parade, I think, that sort of doubles as like a Halloween costume thing. Anyway, so he's going to uh, talk to us about that. After we talk to Steve Castamon, though, this really is the gayest show ever. It is. Uh, not gay. It is the not, the not gayest, gayest show, show ever. Um, after we do that, though, we're going to talk about this high concept thing, because there's a dumb poll out now about the, the ten. I'll just give you the list right now, and it's it's... It's the ten uh, scariest films of all time, and normally I avoid lists like this because they're just divisive and stupid, and it's just beneath all of us as both talk show hosts and listeners. But, you know, it's Halloween, so when else can I do this? Um, this, let's see, the uh, blah, blah, blah. The Exorcist has been named the top horror film of all time by H... It's some made-up company. HMV.com's online customers. Well, whatever. Anyway, so here are the ten scariest films according to whatever this website is. Uh, number 10, The Exorcist. I'm sorry, I'm doing it backward. Number number 1, The Exorcist. Number 2, The Shining, which I don't really find freaky. I mean, The Shining is sort of weird. I don't find it all that scary, though. Number 3, Halloween, which is fantastically scary, even now. I mean, even as a grown man, I'm 34, and I've seen it like a billion times. Halloween is still freaky to me. Mm-hmm. And a whole sequence... Which I always talk about, where what's his name? Tommy is looking out the front of the you know, the front door, the window of the house, and he sees Michael Myers walking up the steps across the street with what's her name's body. That's creepy. Uh, number four, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Nightmare on Elm Street is actually really good and actually legitimately unnerving. It's also Johnny Depp's first movie role. Nightmare on Elm Street two blows. Nightmare on Elm Street three is the best of the series, and then they all just went downhill after that. Uh, number five, uh, the Japanese version of The Ring, which I've never seen. You know, the thing about The Ring... Oh, Ringu or whatever it's called. Ringu, I think is what it's... Yeah, it, it, you know that guy has made that. Is it the guy who made The Ring, the same guy who made The Grudge, or is it just that they all... I was about to say that they all look alike. I think they, they all came out the same time. <laughs> that all of the films look alike is what I meant to say. Um, because Well, no, I was just going to say, because The Ring and The Grudge, they all... I mean, it's just a bunch of pale, pale-skinned, long, long-haired dead girls crawling out of things. I mean, every one of those films is like that. So I thought the ring. No, actually, they're both pretty scary. The ring is creepy. That's what the ring is. And I saw the Grudge, which is the one with Sarah Michelle Gellar. I didn't see the Japanese one, but I saw the um, the American Grudge, and. It does have moments. It, it, it weirds you out. It does kind of make your skin crawl. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what that is. Well, especially with that opening sequence with Bill Pullman. <laughs> Look at you. Is that not freaky, though? Yes, it is. That really caught me off guard the first time. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, the the no, creepy bad. thing about the grudge is there is that sequence when she's in the elevator going down and the different <gasps> floors are boy. passing by. And there's like a little dusty oh. face boy who just goes by. and you're cut. Because it's one of those things really. Did I see that? Wait, what was? Hold on. Was that really there? Oh, that's when she's going back. It's her sister when she's going up to the bedroom and she gets into the and bed. she gets in and bed. There's something. a girl in the bed with her. Yeah. Oh, I can't even think about that. Oh, I'm it's, getting chills. Just thinking about it. I, I haven't been able to watch The Grudge again. No, I can do it really good. Ah. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. <laughs> that's so wrong. You should call some random people in the office today and do that. I have before. Um, Not people in the office. Number six, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which ought to be number one. That is the greatest American horror film of all time, hands down, bar none. I don't mean to knock William Friedkin or the Friedkin or the John Carpenter or Wes Craven, everybody, but the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the, hasn't aged poorly. It hasn't dated. It's not, I mean, you can tell when it was filmed, but because it's done as a sort of pseudo-recreation of a, quote, real event, um, that's fine. I mean, it, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the cinematography, the way that they film it, the way that they shot it, everything about that film is perfect. It's flawless. There's not a bad frame in that film. 
I mean, if somebody asks you about American horror, somebody says to you, what is the American horror experience? You don't show them Friday the 13th or Scream or any of that crap. You show them the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, that's the, it's the gold standard, maybe for the entire world. I mean, it is, it is the absolute definitive benchmark. Number seven, the original Omen. Number eight, speaking of uh, sweet transvestite, Stephen King's It, starring Tim Curry as Pennywise the Clown. Uh, number nine, Hellraiser. And number ten, the, the egregious entry on this list is Hostel, which is a terrible film. Oh, I liked that movie. Really? I didn't care for it. I didn't. I just, well, I liked yeah. it because I'd been to Amsterdam and I stayed at like really crappy hostels. And it, reminded, it, it was kind of true to life for me. Maybe I didn't like Hostel because I didn't like all the movies that came out after that. Mm-hmm. That were basically just excuses to have long, steady tracking shots of girls having meat hooks put through them. I mean, mm-hmm. which is, you know, fine, I suppose, if you're into that kind of thing. I just, it, just That movie made it possible for a whole bunch of sub-Eli Roths to make really terrible knockoffs of Hostel, which is, I think, why I don't like it. Uh, all right, before we do anything else, it's 503-733-2970. Let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN Radio Correspondent and Man About Town, Steve Castabon. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? What's up, brother man? How's life? This is one of those great days to be in New York. We have the annual Greenwich Village Halloween Parade. Now, the Halloween Parade is a thing, and obviously I'm not from New York City, and I first... Um, I first heard about the Halloween Parade in the late 80s. Lou Reed put out that album, New York, and there was a song called Halloween Parade. And um, and, and he, he, you know, Lou Reed, of course, whatever his limitations as a singer, is a superb lyricist. And he just, he drew such an amazing picture. He painted such a great scene of what this parade was like, and I actually didn't know it was a real event. I thought maybe he was speaking allegorically, or he was, you know, I didn't I didn't really know that he was just literally describing an actual parade uh, that happens in Greenwich Village every year. Um, so what is it, So because I've never seen it, describe, what, what is it? Where, what is happening? It's changed a lot since then. Basically, it goes on uh, from Greenwich Village for about 25 blocks up one of the main avenues in, in Manhattan, and at now, today, these days, pretty much anybody can participate in it. So you get a lot of individuals in costumes, all sorts of costumes. Any kind of costume you can imagine is in this parade. And then you've also got groups and organizations that, that really take it, you know, extremely seriously, and they get a whole theme together. And then you also have a couple of uh, organizations that, are, that do the traditional Mexican-style uh, uh, Halloween thing. Uh, you've got folks with those giant uh, sort of skeleton puppets that, that you often right. see, uh, you know, and the Mexican uh, uh, bands. And then, um, and then you get just get the wild folks who who think it's just like Mardi Gras in New Orleans that'll do anything. And it was I know for a, a long time the Halloween parade was sort of synonymous with the gay community there. Mm-hmm. It, for a while there was a large presence there, and it's just one of those great things that I, it's on my list of stuff that I want to see someday because it is sort of uh, you know ever since first becoming aware of it, you just hear it referenced so often, and it does seem like one of those little slices of America. Uh, you know, that just springs up in a community and just becomes a huge tradition, a huge thing over time. It really is. Uh, the the transvestite community uh, really makes up a big part of the parade, and you see some incredible costumes, uh, some folks who uh, who get dressed up in these elaborate sh- uh, Las, Las Vegas showgirl-type outfits or, like, uh, Brazilian carnival outfits. Right. And then you, you see other people who are into that whole um, 17th century look, uh, you know what I'm talking about with the white powdered wig, like the Victorian kind of a thing. Yeah, like uh, like Madonna during the uh, the Vogue era. 
Right, exactly, and they yes. and they they're really into that look, and and there there's usually a contingent of them, and then you've got your you know your usual array of, of very very uh, realistic looking horror costumes and that sort of stuff, and and then there are the folks that are making the political statements, and they're in the crowd too. It's just a lot of fun. It's a big hoot. Uh, so you have uh, big plans for Halloween. And by the way, we should have, Sarah. Did you say your sister's actually going to this parade? My sister, she just wrote me an email. She's like, yeah, I'm going after work to um to the village because I guess there's some crazy party parade thing now. Yeah, how? Cool. Uh, this is her first time coming to the parade. Yes, yes, and she's dressed as She-Ra wandering around the streets. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That is that is excellent. I'll keep an eye out for her. Okay. Uh, big plans for for you and yours tonight, my, my friend? I'll be I'll actually be actually be covering the parade for CNN tonight. I'll be out there all night tonight. Are you going to be in costume? Uh, just as a as a journalist, that's my costume. That's, that's your go. That's your that's your standby costume. That's my go-to. Yeah. All right. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, I'll, my... I'll I'll make sure to take the CNN mic flag off the microphone during any compromising photographs. <laughs> as you're as you're flanked by nine go-go dancers covered in in gold lame. Exactly. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day, sir. Thank there you. Go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic. Oh, I love that guy. I dig that guy. He really is great. Uh, I wondered why he was there so late, but it's, of course, because the parade is just actually just now getting to full swing, so to speak. Uh, uh, this really is an unbelievably gay program, because he was looking for a way to describe a costume, and, of course, I immediately went to a Madonna reference. Hi. Uh, it's 503-73. Let's talk about boobs. It's 503-733-2970. Um, I'm going to get this one called, really? Honestly? Okay. Well, let's see what this is all about. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I think Steve Kastenbaum's still... I love hearing myself. Rick? Hi. Hi, sorry. That's okay. Uh, I wanted to tell you guys we're talking about Tom Metzger. I yeah. can remember back in like the mid, early, well, maybe even early 90s, Race and Reason was on public access cable. What is it? Was that like a? Was that the that was like him. his his show? That was his show coming out of California, and they would they would probably you know put it on tape and then ship it wherever public access cable you know systems wanted it. Well, it's just and it, like and I got to tell you, I've told I've told this story in the past. I've still got some of this stuff in a basement, a box somewhere. Um, that when I was in Spokane, home of not gay former Representative Richard Curtis, uh, <laughs> that there was this guy, he signed all, before email, he signed all his letters, Kurt the Nazi. And I thought he was just sort of being, I don't know, kind of kooky or ironic or something about it, but it turns out he, you know, he really he, was a Nazi. He really was Kurt and he really was a Nazi. And he, you know, he found my so called Zionist viewpoints to be really, you know, I was in need of being informed. And so he subscribed me to all of these weird, like, Nazi publications, which is a little awkward, because that was back in the day when they all arrived in the regular mail, and so I would be at the radio station going up front to collect my mail, and there'd be, like, you know, letters, postcards, newspaper, you know, Aryan hate literature, you know, oh, sure. a big stack of it that would come in, and it's it's just... Man, it's just, like, something put together by a room full of retarded three-year-olds. I mean, it just is... Well, because if you ever listen to them talk about anything, they'll talk around in circles, and they never actually make their point. Just unbelievably dense. The bunch of guys couldn't find their ass, two hands and a map. So, it uh, anyway, it really is gratifying to know that a guy is out having to, like, bust his ass repairing televisions for, like, $4 an hour. It does make me happy. The good Lord does work in mysterious ways, you know? Yep, yep. Uh, all right. Thank now, you, sir. Real quick. Yes? Uh, Russell Crowe, go find one of his early, early early movies called Romper Stomper. Romper Stomper, which somebody recommended to me, and I tried to rent it at Movie Madness a while back, and it was out. Find it, because that's the one time you get to see a bunch of neo-Nazi skinheads get the crap beat out of them. Fantastic. It's on my to-do list, sir. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Later. Bye. All right. Um, 
Well, I don't know what any of these people on hold are calling about. I'm assuming it's about this high concept topic that I'm going to roll out right now. It's high concept Halloween. Uh, it, so we're, and it is going to be a short high. It was like seven minutes. We're going to start this. We're going to do like seven minutes of this. We're going to be done. Uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, the high concept is scariest film ever. Go. All right. Uh, and I, these people may or may not even be calling about it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, hey. Uh, well, I'll, okay, I'll chime in about scariest movie ever. Yes. I have a few ideas. But first about that list, how could something include Hostel as a scary movie but not include Alien? I, oh. now, see, and again, maybe I need to see Hostel again or something. I just... It, it, well, Hostel was, okay. was off-putting. I'll give you that. Hostel was certainly it was certainly violent, and it certainly, if you were squeamish at all, was going to be difficult to watch. I just don't know that scary is the right word for it. It was certainly gruesome. See, I never, I don't consider gore flicks scarier horror films. I consider them like uh, intense, bizarre dramas. Like if you watch uh, Hostel as a drama, this guy's going through this intense experience, and I like the flick, but it's not a horror flick. It's you, just. It's the same thing with The Ring. Like, if you watch The Ring, it's not really a horror flick. It's kind of a dark mystery, but it's not like some kind of perpetual threat that's coming to get you that's going to destroy you. I mean, there's the video, but there's no, like, monster, no really... Uh, I I don't know. Anytime there's, like, an undead zombie girl crawling out of your television trying to kill you, that counts as horrifying, I think, to the the reasonable person, sir. Yeah, okay, I can... Maybe maybe your definition of horror differs from mine. I, I... I, okay, I can I can accept the ring, but I really I didn't think it was a horror just right. because it didn't focus on the ghost. It focused on some mystery about this little girl and where there's all this weirdness happening. But it wasn't really like it wasn't like she was trying to run from this monster the whole time or trying to run from this horrific. Now, thing. Your, your objections are duly noted. Okay, regardless, I would say probably the scariest movie ever made, in my opinion, is going to be a tie between Alien, which I thought was amazingly made, and John Carpenter's The Thing. The Thing, the John Carpenter's The Thing is re- the John Carpenter's The Thing. The John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, that is great because it's the rare occasion where the sequel, uh, you know, the, the remake rather lives up to and actually outperforms on many levels the original. Uh, you know, and I know that the, the John Carpenter did Assault on Precinct 13, uh, and then he did Halloween, and I, I know that when he and Announced he was going to remake the thing. A lot of people were really horrified by the whole concept of, of him remaking it. But man, it's fantastic. Well, do you know why it bombed in the theaters, right? I, I have no idea. It got released, I think, two or three weeks after E.T. Ah, uh, well, that'll do it for you. <laughs> and everyone loved aliens, and all of a sudden, here's this evil alien that like morphs and stuff. Here's, and this, so... here's walking carrot that's going to kill you. All right, <laughs> excellent. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. That's uh, that guy. He takes his movies very seriously. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, another hey. movie that bombed at the box office was Rocky Horror. That's and true. It came out in 74. It bombed. It was making the student um, student union film rounds in the mid-70s, like 76. I saw it there first time in a room full of folks at Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., I was the only guy laughing. You know, there's there's a great actually uh, a great behind the music about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, where they talk about that that it was it, it failed, and then they started hearing. It's kind of great actually when you look back on these social phenomenon, phenomena, phenomenons, phenomena. Well, whatever. You look back and you sort of see them in their nascent stages because the cast members 
who, you know, and again, to them it's just a job, right? If you're an actor, like Susan Sarandon, who is hot as balls, you know, you make the movie. Uh, the movie's released. Maybe the movie does well. Maybe it doesn't. Susan Sarandon made Rocky Horror, moved on to other things. They all did. And the movie didn't do, didn't, didn't do so well. It failed. And they kind of went, well, you know, better luck next time, which is what you do when you're an actor. You kind of go, well, you know, who knows? Maybe the next I one will go better. I was the only guy left and in then, a room full of jocks. And then they talked about hearing these reports. And this is before the Internet, of course. They talked about hearing these reports trickling in about, hey, we got this report that there are these people in New York talking back to the screen. And, I mean, it's it's kind of great when you hear them tell Nobody the story. Then. Right. And, I mean, it was just this idea that, that you know, it, 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 the very beginnings of something that was going to end up being, you know, Clinton Street's been the longest-running Rocky Horror, I think, in America. I mean, it's like, what, 29 years, something like that? All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? What's up, sir? I, I catch a lot of crap for this, but I love how it was done. I love the ambiance. Uh, Blair Witch. I absolutely... Cannot get enough. I watch it every freaking Halloween. Now, when you first watch. saw it, was it in the theater? Yes. When you uh, did you were you in on the whole? Uh, I mean, did you think it was real when you saw it, or did you already know uh, about the? Uh... I, at first, when I, when, they, when they first started marketing it on the internet and all that stuff, I thought I thought it was an actual documentary. But by the time I got to the theater, I realized it was it wasn't real. But I still loved how it was done. I'll give you this. Thing is, go ahead. The funny thing is, when my, when when it when it uh, when we seen the video, my wife the whole time thought it was a real thing. And uh, we were all sitting around watching it. We had her convinced it was real. And she was absolutely terrified. And uh, finally, when she saw them on some movie awards show, she got pissed off because <laughs> they were all still alive. And But anyway, that, that movie, the way it was done, the fact, people give you crap because, you, oh, you never see the witch. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I That movie, every time every time we're out camping and out in the woods or something, if we're in our tent, I say, there's no baby out there. Ah. She freaks out. What's this handkerchief full of teeth? Well, yeah, exactly. I, I love it. I, I will say that. this. I have problems with the Blair Witch film on some level, but I will give it two things. A, there are moments in the Blair Witch Project which are as scary as anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, that moment where he hears, what's his name, Josh, and he can't, yeah. he hears him and he can't, and he's like, Josh, where are you? Where are you? That yeah. is, like, unbelievably freaky. And then, of course, the final, like, nine minutes of that film are the stuff of just sheer, unadulterated See, nightmares. Seeing all the children's handprints on the wall. Oh, house, yeah. Love it. Yeah, love it. I mean, and then, and then it, the guy's in the corner i'm getting chills the guy you go the, the guy's in the uh, corner and then it just cuts to the end and you're like what the what the uh, god oh, what have i just, just watched you know i just i just I, i'm gonna go watch it tonight i love it yeah and i i will say this too and final thing about the Blair witch project i had not seen any of the internet marketing i hadn't seen any of the online stuff yet i'm going to the regal 82nd cinema i think and i saw that first teaser poster and the teaser poster is always it's like a teaser trailer it's so much better than the than the real trailer usually and it just said you know, whatever, in, you know, 1997, like, you know, film, yep. three film students went into the Burkittsville Woods. They, you know, they vanished. Two years later, their film was found. Film was found, yeah. And I remember I saw that. I'm like, that's it. I'm sold. I don't care what it's about. I don't care who's in it. I'm seeing that film. Yep. Excellent. Well done, exactly. sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, it's uh, Halloween High Concept. The concept is, of course, scariest movie ever. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, uh, <clears throat> Event Horizon. Oh, yeah, that movie's messed up. With the up. spaceship that goes to hell. Yeah, it's something like that. I, I bought, I saw it in the theater, scared the hell out of me. I bought the DVD. It still sits on the shelf. Haven't opened it. Can't bring myself to watch it. I'll tell you that. Now, wait a minute. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, no, I saw it in the theater. Okay. And I was like, this is great. And I went out and bought it on DVD. Yeah, I still haven't opened it. Okay, you just actually haven't rewatched it. I haven't rewatched it, now. Here's how messed up Event Horizon is. Event Horizon actually has imagery. And that's kind of a thing that gets me is like really weird, uh, bizarre imagery in a film. Event Horizon had some imagery that was actually so unsettling 
that for one of the very first times in my life, I actually felt the need to sort of dull the effect of the movie by taking some of those sequences where it's like inside the ship and you see them like all bleeding and wrapped in barbed wire or whatever, and I actually put it on frame by frame on my DVD player and went through those sequences frame by frame just so I could see what the hell I was actually looking at. So it would freak me out a little less. It was actually so freaky, I wanted to kind of blunt the effect a bit. Just sort of your own shock treatment. Exactly. I was like, okay, I have to just stop once and for all and see what the hell they're showing me here. Uh, best show ever, Rick. Thanks. Thank you. All right, we'll do a few more here, and then we got a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. M- my question is, um, who can I sue for letting me watch the Exorcist at 11 years old on uh, TV. You know, our, our good oh, friend uh, Kim Morgan used to have that story about how her parents, and I think she was deeply Catholic, too, which, of course, makes it even more powerful if you're a Catholic. Uh, yeah. Her parents, I think, showed her The Exorcist when she was 9 or 10 or something, and that'll that'll really warp you. Have you seen the um, the special, the, the, the extended version they put in theaters a while back? I have not. It's, it's pretty unnerving. There's this sequence that they shot... And then was never released in the the original film for some reason, and they put it back in. It's called, it's called the Exorcist, the version you've never seen, and it's not new footage as such. It's just old footage that they had cut at the time that they've re. There is this sequence, and I don't do it justice by describing it. And even if I describe it, it'll freak you out anyway. There's a sequence where you know Reagan is upstairs and she's in her bed or whatever, and they can't figure out what the hell's wrong with her. And this is before she's gone completely bat ass crazy. Um, when she still looks human and everything, and they're just like, well, I just don't... And they're in the living room talking about, like, I just don't know what's wrong with Reagan. She just seems all strange, and her bed keeps rattling at night, and she's wetting the bed, and I just don't understand. And they hear, like, a... like a a thumping sound, and then the camera cuts over to the staircase, and she is upside down with her arms and legs bent backward, walking down the stairs like a spider on her back. Uh. Oh! And it is, you see it, and it breaks your brain. You see that, and you were like, F this. I am never watching this movie. Like, why am I here? You know? It, it's, it, it, it's really where you question why you have paid money to subject yourself to something like that. Terrible, terrible, terrible. So, there you go. Thank you, sir. Bye. All right, we'll do uh, two more here, and then we uh, then we got to take a break, come back with Tim Riley. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, hey Rick. How you doing? What's up? Hey, about 30 years ago, I saw a movie that just scared the crap out of me. It was with uh, Warren Oates, Peter Fonda, and Loretta Swit, and I can't remember the other gal's name. It was called Racing with the Devil. I don't and it literally, it literally scared the hell out of me. I went with a buddy of mine, and we just, man, we had to go out and have several drinks afterwards to calm ourselves. I don't think I've even seen that. What's it about? It was, well, it's just about a couple, about two families in a motorhome, and they encounter like a, a, a town full of uh of like zombie-like monster, or not monsters, but people that are you know zombie-like people. Actually, it's a devil's coven, is what it is, a witch's coven. Okay. And it just scared the crap out of both of us. That... Uh, one other quick thing, little-known trivia fact. Do you know who was the original monster in uh, the, uh, the the movie The Thing? Do you mean in the in the fifties version? Yes. I do not. Wait. James Arness. No, yeah, I was just going to say, I was going to say uh, somebody else, but no, you're right about that. And I knew it a second before you said it. The original thing is actually still not bad. It's good. It's it, pretty good. Car- Carpenter just really outstripped it uh, with that 80s remake. Excellent. That, that was a good movie. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Thanks Rick. All right, there you go. Uh, one more here, and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Dude, Rick, this is Bob. The scariest movie I think I've ever seen is called The Last House on the Left. Absolutely. I saw it as a, at a drive-in. Mm. Uh, as a double feature with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, probably like 
75. Last House on the Left is a really... You and I have spoken about this because I read a review of it. It's wrong. so bad. It's so wrong. It's like the most It's like the most wrong thing that has ever existed. I was reading a list of movies that people wish they could unsee, which, yeah. of course, Requiem for a Dream was the, the number one on that list. Oh, yeah. And I think this one, that was number two. Last House on the Left is just like having sandpaper applied to your eyes and soul and every bit of goodness inside you. I mean, it, 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 yeah, I... To- totally emotional, and it's just scary, still scary. Yeah, it's and it and it just has that, it has that look that a lot of '70s films have. I don't want to say like a documentary look, but it's like that washed out, low tech, kind of all natural lighting, almost like it's a handheld camera, which it probably was for a lot of it. Almost like a fly on the wall, and 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 where you're actually. It also has that thing that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, has, where it almost doesn't seem like you're watching actors at some point, you know, because they're all just these kind of unknowns, and you know, and they're all just these young, you know, and you just have no idea who any of them are, and it just seems like you really are watching just some horrific snuff film unfold in front of you. I think I thought this is. It had to be over 30 years ago, and there's a scene with a girl in a in like a white long pajama-like gown, yeah. walking into the lake and saying a bedtime prayer just oh. before the, the guy blows her head off. <laughs> and it stuck with me. Oh, all right. Thanks for that. All right. Thanks, Bye now. Last, yeah, that was the last call on that. Don't even get me started in this movie. I spit on your grave. Uh, all right. It's fine. Don't get me started. You know, and then we'll break here. Uh, don't get me started on this movie called... Um, I wrote this down, actually, to myself. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. That's one of those movies that only I've seen. It's got Charles Durning, of all people, in it. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that some other time. Uh, all right, back after this. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Tim Riley, have ye prepared news for us? No, oh, some more breaking news. Is it about our favorite rep- former representative? It is. The story gets deeper and deeper. Does it? Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right, we'll discover the exact depth of the representative's story when we come back after this. You said there's the Rick Emerson Show. Radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, with the latest and greatest in all that is news-oriented, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Washington Representative Curtis goes down in a gay sex scandal. <laughs> he quit this afternoon. Meanwhile, Spokane police documents reveal new bizarre details about his life. Now, apparently, customers at the Hollywood Erotic Boutique, 
This is where all this started. Told police Curtis had sex with another man while in the bookstore before he met the younger man. You know, bookstore is sort of an interesting phrase. That's an outdated bit of uh, of linguistics there. bookstore? Well, they all say adult bookstore. Oh, well, okay. it's like calling people like us DJs. Exactly. Uh, or like on the, uh, you know, I'm going to dial somebody up on the telephone. They, you know, because it's an adult bookstore. I remember when I was a kid, actually, there was a adult, one adult bookstore uh, in my hometown. And when I was a kid, I didn't know what an adult bookstore meant. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was literally a store filled with books, but just like the grown-up kind. Like there were no children's books there, which I guess is true. So, you would find a little golden book in there. Yeah. <laughs> golden something. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe, uh, no. Maybe what? <laughs> no, no. Well, I was going to say those little golden books cover all kinds of things about growing up. They do. How to take care of a pet. Mm-hmm. How to shower. Yes. Many golden books about that. Meanwhile, back to our story. You. Hollywood erotic boutique customers told police that they saw Curtis having sex with another man before he met the young man. They said they walked past an upstairs theater and saw Curtis engage in sex with a 40-year-old man with a cane. <laughs> was the cane just there for for decorative purposes, do you suppose? Or was it like kind of a bracing sort of a... I'm not sure if they get close enough to find out that was actually a cane or something else. You know, that's okay. This story is fascinating to me. And not just for all of the regular prurient reasons. Um, the fact that he's a Republican and votes against anything... That would benefit gay people. <laughs> he wants all those he's benefits for himself, centered. even though he's not gay. Mm-hmm. Um, the okay, a an adult bookstore. B they witnessed him engaging in some sort of sexual conduct in the theater. When I didn't think, I will not pretend to have no knowledge of uh, of adult uh, stores. Uh, you know, I, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know less than I do. But it does seem. I maybe apparently don't know as some because I didn't think they actually had adult theaters left anymore. You know what I mean? Are you going to a place like a whatever? You go like a fantasy, and they have whatever. It's like a row of well, where's the closet of Republican the, to go with a wife and children? Well, I, I mean, but a theater implies rows of seats and like a big screen. But I don't think those really exist anymore. Isn't it just a whole bunch of little booth well, it things? Well, say whether or not he was sitting when he met the man with the cane. But I mean, if they saw him having sex with a man, mm-hmm. uh, it see and it, 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 it an adult theater. It's it, it seems like it must have been. Uh, you know, again, like a, like a, like, well, like a theater, like an open-air kind of place. Because one of those booths, like, that's the whole deal. That's perfect for him, right? Because it basically is like a little closet with a TV inside. Well, I can find more information about this uh, I'm just curious. Hollywood erotic boutique. Well, I don't plan on visiting it anytime, so I guess it's an academic discussion. I, it's not like I'm going to plan my next vacation now, around now, Should we be questioned about this in the future? This is for show content, is it not? Yeah, it is. No, well, this okay. is part of the news segment. Well, let's find out here. Of here on the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program, which broadcasts on KCMD Portland, a... A news Keep talk radio station. Spokane. Operating in the public let's find interest. Out what they have to offer here. Convenience and necessity. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, oh. Huh, this is under Spokane lingerie and Spokane nightwear. Of course. Nightwear. Uh huh. Under magicyellow.com. Magic Yellow? Is that what they're calling it now? Uh huh. <laughs> Let's see what this takes us. How much? Ew, look how, how much do I have to pay for a little magic oh, yellow? These are all lingerie. <laughs> I don't things. know. Uh, let me go eat some spinach. So okay. apparently, <laughs> I have to. They hydrate. don't have their own website. They probably don't need it. I just and again, I, maybe it sounds like I'm, uh, you know, I don't know, inordinately fixated on this. But that is a sort of, you know, that is a, like I was just watching Boogie Nights the other night, and there's that whole 
subplot in Boogie Nights where Jack Horner, the Burt Reynolds character, he is adamantly opposed to shooting or selling porn films on video because his whole thing is I'm a he has that whole speech I'm a filmmaker. People, you know, my movies are shown on film in a theater. You're telling me people aren't going to go to a theater to watch my films? You're telling me the future of this industry is videotape people watching in their homes? I'm a filmmaker. And he's he draws this huge distinction between video and film. And they're what, like Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens, he got busted because he was actually in a theater, in a porn theater, where they were, again, it was like a regular theater, just showing porn. Plus, they took a scary picture of him. That didn't yeah, happen. that mugshot where he looks like some sort of caged animal didn't help at all. Mm -hmm. um, okay, Richie, who knows this for reasons that escape understanding, said the Jefferson Theater still open downtown. Now, is that a real uh, theater, Richie? Like with seats and everything? And a... Oh, there's a theater on uh, Division, too. Division? Seriously, yeah, right across from uh, from the Egyptian Club. No, I think that's the no, that's not the Jefferson. Then that's is that the Oregon Theater or no, Portland it's a, Theater? No, it's, it's a Portland What's adult it called? theater. Well, we're talking about places frequented by Representative Richard Curtis. <laughs> Richie, these are the callers saying this. Rick, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, yeah, you've just invoked a very horrific memory of mine. When uh, in my youth, I went to one of those coin-op places where you put the quarter in and the little window kind of comes up, and there's a gal dancing in the middle. A gal, yes. And uh, one of my buddies dropped his change on the floor. Oh, don't ever oh. pick that change up. And he that reached change down and grabbed it. Oh, no. that change is gone. Oh. Please, sir, don't no, please, don't go where I think you're going. No, we just forced him to ride with his hand outside of the car for about four oh. hours all the way home. <laughs> okay, that's funny. See, that was the way. See, attention, other yeah. callers. That was how you end a call like this. See, you could have been graphic, you could have been blue. That is how you end a, that's how you end a call. You still make the point, but with a little bit of wit. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank, no, thank you. All right. Well, we're no closer to, oh, this one says, Rick, the Paris Theater is now an adult theater. Is that true? Yes, that's what I heard. Yeah, my friend Pasha just wrote me that as well. And then in case I didn't get it, he put, wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they even have couples night. Okay. A I know of what? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think Tim. that they're no. That's a, a live sex show. I I'm not really sure of anything anymore. Now you can now see. I'm no, not I believe so. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble, but I didn't know that that was legal. Well, it is private property, I guess. Yeah. I mean, trust me. Look, I'm no prude. I don't care. I mean, come on. You live right next door to, to the Ace of Hearts. Um, I'm sorry. Exactly. The uh, adult social sensual angel club or whatever. Again, we're not prudes here. It's solely because this guy, uh, former Representative Curtis. Because you know, I mean, a, we've gone through a tree full of paper on this. Story as a so good far. member of the GOP, because he constantly and repeatedly voted against gay rights legislation. Well, he's, he's trying to protect heterosexual marriage. Uh, he voted against a, a bill to grant civil rights protection to gays and lesbians, and then voted against the bill to create domestic partnerships for same-sex couples. They engage in sin, Tim. Mm -hmm. So again, I don't care what anybody does. Why don't you just not be like a, a, a big hypocritical dick about it? Yeah, so. I don't want to see a live sex show, so therefore I don't set foot into places uh, that have them. You are not a Republican. <laughs> this is true. They ought to have GOP night at those places. You know what I mean? That we're might like, have been it at the uh, erotic buffet or like two for one or something if you can show your membership in the GOP. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, do we have to break, sir? Yes, we do. Well, damn it. That's unfortunate. Um, I guess it's not because we have many paid sponsors who are lined up to offer advertisements to the buying public. This is very true. Uh, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7. Uh, top of the hour all the way through Like Us. Back after this is the Rick Emerson Show. You stay right there. All right, we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, this from a co-worker of ours who will not be identified. 
about porn theaters. Oregon has two of the last four porn theaters left on the West Coast, the Jefferson Theater and the Oregon Theater. One of the others has to be, well, probably uh, the Farrell Brothers Theater or the Mitchell Brothers Theater, whatever that is in San Francisco, whatever the hell it was called, O'Farrelly Theater maybe. There's that one in San Francisco that's really famous because one brother killed the other one. And then they made that movie with Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen about it. Uh, and then I think the other one has to be in Seattle. I think that um, the Lusty Lady, maybe it's called. Because that's kind of a legendary place. I think what's-her-name, um, Susie Bright or whatever, worked there. And there's a there's a documentary about it called uh, Real Live Nude Girl, which is about a bunch of strippers and sex workers attempting to form a union and their opposition from the city about it. I think the other one is in Seattle. So there you go. Well, now that okay, we're done. We've, we've accomplished our mission. We don't have to do anything else today. Uh, in in how much time does the uh, does the music start? 40 seconds. Okay. Uh, do we have an end of show clip? I have nothing. Mm, I don't think I have anything. anything. I think I have... Might as well not give it away here. I think I have Donald Pleasant saying, The evil is gone from this place. No, you know, I don't think I do. Yeah, I got a whole lot of nothing. Well, okay. You know, this seems to be happening to us a lot lately, where we end the show about 35 seconds too soon. Now we're just sitting here. So do you have any big Halloween plans tonight? No. Did you buy some candy? No. No, I still have to, actually. You know what I'm going to do this year? I'm going to give away full-size candy bars. That's, That's going to awesome. be my thing. I'm going to be that guy. Well, look, I only got four kids coming to my house last year. Four kids. I think one of them came by twice. You can come and hang over at my house. I live, like, my neighborhood's riddled with children. Yeah, well, thanks. The, the rest of them had overdoses on the way. <laughs> Nothing riddled with anything is ever good. All right, and there you go, and we're done. All right, uh, join us tomorrow in the Rick Emerson program. I do believe, I don't want uh, to jinx it, I think we have a special guest tomorrow. Uh, so that'll be very exciting, as well as Friday. So uh, details to emerge tomorrow, my friends. Uh, we want to thank Cena Radio correspondents Ed McCarthy, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, and James Roop, as well as Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio, a CBS radio station. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, it's Richie Bristol, and of course, at the gatekeeping center, the, the gatekeeper guy upstairs there's digs in um yeah like us next down to mike at seven and we'll see you all tomorrow at 11 a.m thank you for listening don't let the bastards go now watch out for snakes bye now i am not gay